You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. It's all coded up to. Well, you guys you're the one dancing. I'm like, I know he can't hear it either. I, I can hear it. I, of course, can hear it. Well, I got you. It. God damn it. Oh, well, our, our special guest. Uh, you're dancing over there. Like, <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a great guest already. I love it. Uh, yeah, he's selling it. Yeah, he's selling, he's selling it. it. He's selling it. Oh, God. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Vardy. Thank you for joining us on Ring Post Radio on this fine Sunday morning. I. I ruin my usual intro because i'm all out of sorts now i'm ryan that's scotty and we are joined today by a very special guest none other than sp3 of the true heel podcast right i believe it's true heel podcast that's the name of it true heel heat true yes. heel heat. Thank- i forgot the heat uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad host <laughs> now you have heat now i have heel now, now we have got heat ah oh, god damn it <laughs> well welcome so much thank you so much for coming on to ring post radio sp3 thank you so much we appreciate you being here Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, anything uh, Scott does, I, I owe him a debt of gratitude because he helped guide me through uh, Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom Week, uh, helped me on the True Hill Heat flagship podcast when we had a whole bunch of wrestling to watch because me, me and him are in a rarefied era of we watch pretty much anything that has to do with professional wrestling. And I'm sure you're the same, Ryan, so I'm great to meet you and be on here. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's the whole conceit of the show, my man, is uh, watching everything and anything that that can fit in a two-hour bag, you know? Uh, the, the the podcast time constraints sometimes hit us, but, uh, you know, we always make it. Uh, we're glad having you on. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I, did, I didn't do the check-in of Scotty. How are you doing? Scotty, do, do we have a I'm life update tired. or anything? I'm I'm, I am tired. Scotty, what, okay? what are you not tired? I, f- I feel like that is a... <laughs> no, that's not... You're not wrong. It's just, I don't think there was a day this week where I didn't see 4 a.m. And I think that's the first time oh. ever in my life that that has happened. <laughs> that, that's fair. It was Golden Week, so there was a lot of uh, uh, oh, so j- Japanese wrestling coverage this week. Yeah, I watched everything so far. Because any shows today, I didn't watch any shows from today because, you know, boys got to sleep. But otherwise, <laughs> ugh. And I'm very tired. I, uh, but I'm I'm here as always. So I have more sleep today than I have in the past, though, for this show. That that yeah, I think SP. I think that's a true honor of of uh, Scotty deciding to get proper rest for you. I think that is that should be a true honor bestowed upon yeah, you. Yeah, you got two extra hours, so you got four instead of two. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually up at like 5 a.m. myself due to I have uh, two three-year-old twins uh, that, that get me up it. early and allow me to watch the, the stardom show. Like, uh, that was good that my, my daughter was up at like before 5 a.m. on uh, <laughs> Thursday. So I was able to catch like the final three to four batches of that stardom show a lot. Perfect. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> perfect ideal yeah. situations <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's we'll, we'll say that was a perfect you could call it perfect i call that uh 
you called that. All right. You, you, I guess I'm here, so I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah, Scotty. Scotty does not have an excuse. He does not have two twin, be- two beautiful twin daughters to uh, wake nope. him up in the morning. Instead, he nope. has a I got uh, a strange nothing. desire to watch Joshi every single day. <laughs> it's just stardom that I wake up for. I I can't get myself to do anything else. I'll do Dominion, but I won't do or like if Mercedes wrestles. That's the only there other you go. time That's I fair. That is fair. I do, I do New Japan mostly because I have the New Japan podcast over on Wrestle In and we do coverage on True Hill Heat. So I do the New Japan shows, but I literally schedule it where I miss the undercard live. I only want to watch the, you know, yeah, the matches the of importance and then I'll go back yeah. and watch the undercard because I because I need to. And I got a boy and a girl, one shot, one kill. Oh, twins. Per- perfect. My apologies. Yes. Uh, no worries. <laughs> one, one shot, one kill. <laughs> perfect. Well, let's get to the goddamn show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, what a perfect transition than, than that. Um, let's talk about, we're going to talk about AEW All-In ticket sales and a bunch of other news items from this week, along with reviewing Backlash, the WVPLE that took place last night in Puerto Rico. We asked a bunch can, of. Can I just say something? Sure. How how have we as a community just accepted PLE? How do we just let this happen? I, so how, you, <laughs> how do we just move on from pay per view? Like I, I know, see this in everything. Everyone writes PLE, PLE. I'm like, what? You want this was accepted? I did it myself, so like I can blame myself. Well, but I was of, like, how how did part, this happen? Part of it is me doing it as a bit, uh, but the other part of it is it has started to become like terminology because i it, we didn't talk about it i didn't have it on the news if if sp wasn't here i probably would have put this on the news bit to just annoy scotty but we had the mlw news of how they're getting off of whatever tv reels channels or whatever it is and now they're signing up for the fight plus uh subscription took I think, them long enough that and, they're gonna do a live show for the first time ever exactly uh but i think that's happening like june july or something like that um, but either way, uh, I believe Court Bauer described the shows as PLEs, uh, coming to Fight Plus. I believe that is how he described it. So it's starting, it, the, the terminology, I believe, is is coming to fruition. It is coming true and is great. It's great. That's Maybe what he it can is. add that to his, uh, never mind, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> add that to his lawsuit? I think yeah. he's adding. I think after tonight's show, we actually show, have PLEs first. I think after tonight's show, he's adding Savio Vega to his. Uh, there his you watch. go, <laughs> adding Savio as he should, uh, as he should. But we're talking backlash. We're talking Golden Week Japanese wrestling shows. Wrestling Dontaku from New Japan, Stardom Show, Noah's Show, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, let's get to the actual proper news here. Uh, I think the. Obviously, I think the biggest news coming out of this week is the Wembley Stadium ticket sales for AEW's All In show in August. Uh, I the- said Carlito, but that's fine. <laughs> Carlito is also a big pop. We can't go wrong Huge with the clones. Pop by, by me, uh, that's fair. That <laughs> but we're uh, but uh, AEW right now is on the on the not the precipice, but on the road to uh, like I mean they're already cracking records left and right. But they're on the road to one of the biggest non-wrestling, maybe one of the biggest wrestling events uh, in the history of wrestling with the sellout of or the possible, you know, ticket sales that they're having so far. They started off selling like, what, 30 something thousand tickets. And then over the course of several days by uh, last we have confirmed May 5th, uh, Tony Khan tweeting out that they sold 60,000 tickets for a seven point seven million dollar gate. 
So that is a huge show that is happening in Wembley. That is a huge show that's happening in London. And the general sale just started and they got three months, zero card announced. SP, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What, what do you think of these ticket sales so far? How do you feel about them? And where do you think they can go? What do you think the, the cap is on this whole event? Well, it's it's very much historic uh, what they were able to accomplish. You know, their previous attendance record was 20,000 for Grand Slam in New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And to get three times that in the first week with no card announced, just off the hype of this being the first event for AEW in the UK at a historic stadium like Wembley Stadium that has so much importance. Like people for the past 30, 30 years or so have talked about SummerSlam 1992 and how that is an event that stays in everybody's mind, whether you were there, whether you were, weren't there. My missus was four years old and was there at SummerSlam 1992, and she still talks about it. I remember when WWE did Clash at the Castle last year, and it was on the 30th anniversary. It was near the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam 1992. She was so pissed off uh that, that it wasn't at Wembley Stadium she was like what are they going to Cardiff for so for AEW to kind of get the one up and go to Wembley Stadium and to get this type of you know just less than a week 60,000 tickets sold imagine what's going to happen when they announce that CM Punk is returning and imagine what's going to happen when they announce a match for it we got the Warner Upfronts coming up on May 17th and I suspect like many in the the wrestling media world that they're going to announce that this event is going to be on the former HBO Max now called yeah. Max because you know the press release came out and a bunch of people caught it like I did that it said nothing about pay-per-view said nothing about Bleacher Report live so this is not only a big event that they're going to sell a lot of tickets for it couldn't be a groundbreaking event as a test run for AEW on Max and their tape library like the fact that we're four years into this company and I can't go back and watch the first dynamite unless i find it on my dvr uh <laughs> archives this max thing might be the big announcement that a lot of people are looking for and have been talking about for years as far as getting them on a subscription service so this event may be so important to the future of not just aew but professional wrestling overall yeah i it, it's funny because like if we think about all the leakings right as of late uh no more aw dark we're having a collision show come out in june um and this not being announced as a pay-per-view all of it just paints the big picture of max right this is where everything's yeah. going um because one i think more than anything aew finding a home besides just on TNT and TBS on television is important. And I also think that it will only help them get bigger, right? Because people that go on Max, oh, there's an AEW tab. Let me go see that. Like, there is something to be said about that, right? When when WWE went to Peacock, I always thought it was so smart for them. Maybe, maybe not as smart, you know, as a personal watcher of the – company because i hate that i have to watch commercials during the pay-per-views but that being said it, it's so smart to me that this has been the decision and 
I find it so funny how like people were like, will they get re-upped by Warner Media? There hasn't been a second in this entire relationship where it felt like it hasn't been that case, right? It's been we want more AEW, we want more AEW. We gave them Rampage, then we gave them all access, and now we're giving them Collision. It's like they want more of this, no matter the ratings and no matter the conversation that people want to have. And now they can pretty much celebrate and end what is their first run essentially with all in right it all started with all in now they're going to end it with all in and then everything after that will be a whole new world essentially right they'll be on max they'll have a new tv deal so on and so forth and i think that's the exciting part um as fans now i I will say as you know we got closer and closer to that first day i almost expected it to be that number by you know just by like all the signups and stuff like that. And I know people brought up how the uh, Cardiff WWE show had a lot and they maybe only turned that into half in terms of signups, in terms of ticket buys. But I was like, I don't know. This is AEW for the first time in England. Like that, that's an important deal. People want to see this show. And now as we see it go up and up and up, I don't think anyone saw this happening so quickly, right? I don't think anyone was like, yeah, they're going to be at 60K first week. No doubt about it. Um, you got to start out announcing stuff, right? If you want, if you want to, if you want to get to the crazy idea that you can near a sellout, start announcing stuff. Just do the simple, and I've seen this on Twitter a few times, so I want to give credit to those who posted it. Do the all in, like this person's all in graphic, like that's the whole point of it, right? Make sure people know that Kenny Omega is on the show. Make sure that people know the Young Bucks are on the show. Make sure people know that CM Punk's on the show, like. Things like that. I know why we can't do that right now, but you. But when the time comes, you make sure you do that. Um, I think that's half the excitement, and it's scary, right? Because they have all out a week after. But who cares? You can book two shows. I Tony Khan. I constantly forget that all out is the week after. <laughs> yeah. So I think like maybe we won't be getting a world title match on the show, for example, or something like that, because. I don't know. That could make sense for MJF. Like, I don't, I don't think an MJF world title match is essential on All In, um, truthfully. Uh, based off the ratings, maybe MJF isn't essential for All In. Ah, <laughs> uh, that being said, this is very exciting. This is very exciting. Unbelievable accomplishment, no matter how you slice it. Uh, and no, they will not be booking MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. So let's, uh, let's, <laughs> enough of that, Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, no, this because is... that was on the previous record, attendance record was Ryan Feldman versus it MJF. It was. I no, I refuse. Uh, no, this is huge. I mean, it, obviously, you can't go can't go without saying that this is a huge moment, not just for uh, AEW, but obviously wrestling as a whole. Um, they are, you know, I, I did some math, and they are like maybe less than 10,000 tickets. And this is, this was the, the 6,000 number is coming out of Thursday, right? So we don't know. There was no tweet. There was no confirmation. There are rumors floating around of maybe 70,000 sold uh, from Friday from the general sale. So we don't necessarily know what it was, but I did some math and it was like some around the 6,000. I was like, they needed to sell like roughly 10,000 more, less than that. I think to break, not only they've already broken the clash of the castle ticket sales, but to break the gate, the $8 million gate that Clash the Castle had, they just needed to sell like a couple more thousand tickets. And based off of some rumors, maybe 
they might have already beaten that gate. This might be a huge, huge money maker as well for um, AEW. And not just like money maker and having like, you know, Clash of Castle made money and stuff, but the fact that that, that crazy ass stat of like less than a thousand ish scalpers for this show, like these yeah. are tickets in hands of actual fans who will more than likely, probably 99% of them, be in those seats right this is a huge thing that is that that how they went about this was a huge thing to stop scalping uh and it's worked really well and i have to commend them on that and uh i'm very happy about that as well especially living in america and, and living in, in a world of ticket mask master and stuff like that you know i i'm happy that they were able to get actual fans in these actual seats uh filling up that stadium and i think they can easily fill up that stadium i think if they announce a card if they start announcing proper matches, I think they can get there. You know, if they're saying, if they're sitting at, let's say, if they're sitting at 70,000 right now, then all they have to do is announce some really nice matches. Uh, and I think it's possible. Um, you know, this show isn't just for people who live in England. This is a show for Europe. This is a, sh a big show that uh, many Americans are going to fly out. North Americans are going to fly out to see. So this is a big I'm show. Uh, Scotty's not. He refuses. Uh, he, he I just refuses. looked at the uh, ticket map yes. for the show, which, by the way, Ticketmaster stinks trying to move that damn thing. <laughs> but it's like everything about the – like, so the inner bowl, mm -hmm. for the most part, sold. Yeah. And obviously the floor is mostly sold. It's just like the top ring that's like you see a bunch of scattered tickets. And when I say a bunch, I mean like – it's nothing when you look at the entire thing as a whole. Yeah. Um, and you see very few of the scalper tickets. And I think, and I think that's, you know, like you said, a credit to how they did this right in the slots so that, but also I thought about this. What are scalpers going to do? There's 90,000 tickets that set on sale and they're not that expensive. Like I looked at the price, yeah. they weren't that expensive for such a big show. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, just benefited them they, they they're going to try and pack the house rather than uh do what wwe did with cardiff originally right they wwe had these ridiculously priced tickets and people were like oh man this this isn't what AEW is doing AEW knows what they're doing here well, and you, it's trying to get people in the building as they should you say that scotty but it's like on thursday i think the price average ticket price difference for clash of the castle was like 148 for this show for all in is 130 and that is with the more expensive tickets being sold. So it was like an $18 difference sure. of most expensive tickets sold. As you said, the, the, the upper ring is still not sold. And those are going to be cheaper. So that's going to bring the price down. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think right now it might be sitting at like 128 or something. So probably they're going to settle out at 128 yes. for a regular ticket. Insane. So, so it's like the average ticket price, it's, it's, it's way cheaper than Clash of the Castle, of course. Uh, so that's, I mean, yeah, it's, that, that's maybe the one thing hurting them for that gate number, but... And there's a bigger hunger for AEW there. It's never happened. That's true. That's true. SB, what do you think they could do for a card, knowing that All Out is... They're going to go all in, <laughs> then all out the next week. What do you think, do you think would be the ideal card? Do you go, for lack of a better term, all out for all in and try to have like this insane... You know, do you do... CM Punk versus Omega. Do you do Osprey Omega, Osprey or Okada Omega? Omega doesn't do, do you that, do so. do you do a world <laughs> do you do a world title match for the show or 
do you have a, you know, save some of the bigger matches for the pay-per-view the next week, knowing that you already sold most of this house with no card? Do you have to give it a big, you know, huge card? What do you think would be the best course of action for that? They have to find a way where All In kind of correlates with two different events because All Out is the week after. It kind of has to, you know, blend in and bleed into that and have matches that kind of give more of a build to their big show because that's also a big show, All Out. It's like their premiere event in a lot of fans' minds. That's considered their WrestleMania, and it's going to be at the United Center, which is, is holds more seats than the Now Arena, which they've been made the home of AEW since all in in 2018 so you know United Center's got what 15 nearly 20,000 that they can put in there so it kind of has to blend into that if they are able to get these guys on the same page what I would love for them to do is do CM Punk and FTR at all at versus the elite at all in and then Punk versus Omega at all out that's how you would you kind of blend both in but like i said yeah it feels easy but it's definitely not easy there's a lot of legal matters there's a lot of emotion uh there's a lot going on there but the other event that i was referring to that has to correlate with in my opinion is forbidden door because the only way you're going to make all in different from all out is if you have your all your partnerships kind of involved in this one show so you know I know everybody wants from Forbidden Door last year. They, you know, they were teasing that we were going to get Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. I'm hoping Zack Sabre Jr. holds on to the World Television Championship in New Japan after he faces Jeff Cobb in the rematch. And you can do Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door for the TV title. Have that go to a time limit draw and then do Sabre Jr. versus Brian two at all in so that's how that can kind of correlate together and then with uh, you know we kind of it's already been confirmed pretty much because will osprey is going to be tadahashi he's then going to be archer at at dominion he's going to get the shot at the iwgp u.s championship at forbidden door against kenny omega so the match of the year rematch is going to happen osprey omega two at forbidden door and then you do the third part. You do the trilogy. If you can't get done Omega and Punk on the same side, then you do the final match of the trilogy at All In. You do Omega Osprey 3. Omega is the kind of the, 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 the key in this whole All In thing because he has about three to four to five different matches that you can book him in. If you can't get him and Punk on the same side, you do Omega versus Osprey. If you can't make that happen and Junior Japan says, oh, we want the third match at next year's Wrestle Kingdom, then you do, hey, Koto Ibushi, how you doing? You want to team up with Kenny Omega on this card? You do all you do the Golden Lovers reunion, and you could pretty much put them against anybody if you I just put them against the Bucks. I just do you that. Put, put them against the Bucks. That Have a special rematch. Tag match. Yes, that's yeah. like one of my top five greatest tag team matches that I ever seen was that matchup back in 2018. You could do that, but if you really want to play into it and you can't get Punk and the Elite on the same side, then you do the next best thing and you do Golden Lovers versus FTR because that plays off of things too. If you know, mm-hmm. if you can't get these two guys on the mm-hmm. same page, I'm sure Omega will work with FTR and he probably wants to redeem himself for the Hangman. Adam Page, Kenny Omega match versus FTR that happened in front of basically no people at all, all out, and was after Matt Hardy's injury in 2020. So it's also could like 90, de- that. 90 degree temperatures as well. So they're sweating up a storm. Yeah. 
Dax and Cash been complaining about that for three years. So <laughs> you can make up for all of that. Put them in the ring with the Golden Lovers. You know Cody Ob- Obushi is going to be going all out for that one. So, yeah, there's plenty of different things they can do. I That's the next big show after Punk is supposedly supposed to return in June. So, like I said, you can't get Punk and the Elite on the same side. You can do Punk versus Chris Jericho at that event if you want. And then he can have a, an even bigger matchup at All Out. So there's there's they had a they kind of have to work where Forbidden Door, All In, and All Out all work to each other, and it's kind of a one smooth narrative thread through all three events. Yeah, no, I I'm very excited to see what happens. And you know, you, you mentioned it before, Scotty, that there's also this other idea, the whole there's the whole Max idea of w- what is happening with the possible uh streaming rights of it all we at least know something that's happening with aew and warner brothers and that is uh from andrew zarian of the mat men podcast talking about how uh apparently there has been a exclusivity clause signed with warner brothers discovery as this new part this new tv collision deal that uh aew has to have uh all their product uh exclusively airing on warner brother products which is one of the reasons why Dark and Dark Elevation have seemingly gone away. Uh, and then you get that mixed in there as well, that uh, with Collision popping up and Dynamite happening, that these shows are going to be presented as double, you know, two A shows, um, that AEW Rampage is still going to exist, just in sort of a lesser format format, and sort of take on that sort of Dark, it's Dark Elevation, God. younger roster, indie talent probably uh, idea. Lower. So, Scotty, what do you, you're already? I already hear mumblings coming out of you, Scotty. What do you What do you think about this uh, rampage new? What do you think about this exclusivity clause? Well, rampage can't get lower, so let's just let's just act like you know it, it's already. Uh, oh, I missed it. Oh well, better luck next. Time. Where else am I going to see my Jade Cargill squash matches? You know, I. Where else? <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. That's that's her show. That's the only show I think we see her on anymore. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a huge deal that they are going exclusive because that means the relationship's working even better than we thought, right? Um, you and me talking about a few weeks ago how getting rid of a a version of Dark was essential with what Ring of Honor has become. And now that we've gotten rid of two, Ring of Honor takes on a whole different um embodiment now and i think pair that with rampage and you can pretty much get the same job done between these two shows that you were getting done with aw dark aw dark elevation i know some people are upset and oh well this is how people got contracts well yes this is why ring of honor and rampage now exist um especially ring of honor because that's literally what this show has been right ring of honor for the things that i like there are things that i haven't and it has been just another version of dark in a lot of ways um, based off the tapings yesterday. And I won't spoil anyone, but it does look like there's a little more shape to the shows with the indie talent and with newer talent that I'm more excited about. Uh, but this is the, this is the right way to go um, in terms of dark truthfully, because there was just so much content that you were kind of just burning everything out. At, in, in a lot of ways right now your crowds are going to be hotter for your actual shows than you know matter right 
uh, that was big problem for me with Ring of Honor is like, oh, let's just put Ring of Honor around Dark and Dynamite and Rampage, and you just never felt that energy. Um, no more Dark is a good thing. No offense to them because you have these two other shows to pretty much make your new version of Dark. What do you think, SP? Do you think uh, how do you how do you feel about Rampage? I guess currently, and where do you think it's going to go? And how do you think this sort of? I, I think that's that's a great point, Scotty, is bringing up the Ring of Honor aspect. Now, apparently, Ring of Honor is a separate entity and not affiliated with okay, AEW. It's sure. just Tony Khan. But uh, obviously, you know, are they still going to tape the same days as these Dynamite shows? All these other aspects. What do you think about all of this this news, this business news as well? Well, I've heard from the report from uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter that kind of followed up with what Andrew Zarian had reported early in the week is that the plan currently is to do, you know, AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage on a Wednesday, tape those, and then do on Saturday Collision and ROH. I like my ROH when it's standalone, when it's mm. when it's something that people actually paid to go see at Universal Studios. I think the first four weeks of it on Honor Club under Tony Khan were peak in comparison to it being taped around AEW Dynamite and Rampage. I'm not saying that we haven't had great matches. I think Gringo Loco versus uh, Elio Del Vikingo was one of the best TV matches of the year so far, and that have really helped it seem get gringo loco uh the attention from tony khan that he's been kind of using him more on those roh tapings so i'm not saying that we haven't had great matches vikingo versus blake christian was also great but there's just a different feel to ring of honor in universal studios in compared to it being taped around dynamite and rampage as far as where rampage stays as someone I gets paid by, you know, an outlet, Sportskeeda Wrestling pays me to review SmackDown and Rampage. And I literally had to talk them in to uh, us <laughs> reviewing Rampage because I was like, I don't want to compete with people who want to watch Rampage at 10 p.m. So let's do our review at 11 p.m. And this was back when Rampage first started in 2021. Yeah. It's not the same than what it started in 2021 to the fact that we literally spent like maybe five, 10 minutes just going over the review half the time. They, the time changes. So I'm the only one that watches my co-host, especially my, one of my co-hosts being Dutch Mantel. Who's like, I'm not watching no show at 6 30 PM. You get me at 8 PM. I'm right <laughs> here. I'm going to watch just the act down. That's all I'm going to talk about. I don't even, he doesn't even watch dynamite. So it's like, he's getting this, a sample size he's getting yeah. the, the 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 little the little sushi instead of the full course meal with uh with with rampage so it's just like nah it's it, it's <laughs> not even been worth the time of even reviewing the show all that was standing this week's episode was really good because of the firm deletion because stokely hathaway is one of the mvps of all all elite wrestling just uh one of the best lines ever is tony khan will pay for his crimes <laughs> But <laughs> if you give me more Stokely Hathaway on AEW Rampage, I'll have no problem dealing with matches that don't really matter. And like like Scott said, I can I can miss the show and I won't miss anything. I'm totally fine with that. I also tend, you know, I am if if anybody's just listening to this and don't 
see me. I am African-American, and I do tend to realize that Tony Khan puts a lot of the African-American talent on Rampage a lot. If you want to see Stroh Shickling, you got to watch Rampage. If you want to see Keith Lee, you got to watch Rampage. So yeah. I also like it for that, mm-hmm. but... I would prefer for them to be on a more mainline show, whether that's Dynamite, whether that's Collision, and hopefully, you know, them being like, okay, these guys are going to be on on Dynamite this week, these guys are going to be on Collision, and then our lower tier guys are going to be on Rampage. But you have to make Rampage, if it's on TNT, you have to make it watchable. You have to give it an identity. And if you're just going to make it the new Dark and Dark Elevation, I don't know about that. I like the, the fact that you know Fightful said it's going to be a mixture of Dark Elevation, Dark and Rampage where you know you might get some big stars week to week and then they'll mix in with the younger stars. That's all fine, but you have to create some type of identity or those ratings that have been dropping faster faster than, you know, stock in Elon Musk. It's it's not going to get any better if you give it just the job matches all the time. So Hopefully, they can find an identity for it that mixes in that it can be more of peak Sunday Night Heat mm. and not Sunday Night Heat when it was just Velocity 2.0. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I think that Collision is going to be more of like the SmackDown to Dynamite's Raw. So, they will have their separate identities, but you have to find some place for Rampage. I'm glad you brought yeah. up the SmackDown versus Raw debate. Uh, go ahead, Scotty. Go ahead. You have. You said Tony Khan has to pay for his crimes. Yeah, with Swerve Strickland, this guy. <laughs> I, I let me. Oh, I y'all, you you sparked something in me. I was about to. I, if you didn't keep talking, I was gonna like just ex- because that bothers the hell out of me. Swerve Strickland's one of their best workers, and yes. I have to watch like Rampage to see his two minute promo. Stupid. It's so stupid. But yeah. I'll let you go. I, I was going to say that uh, I'm glad you brought up the SmackDown Raw debate about uh, seeing Collision and Dynamite. And I the my concerns about the whole Collision thing, and I, maybe they're unfounded because if it's truly going to be the CM Punk show, then maybe it's going to be fine, is that like Rampage originally, and maybe that was part of it your argument. It was the CM Punk show. Well, yeah, it was, it was the CM Punk show at one point in time. It was, many considered, a SmackDown to Dynamite's Raw, right? Uh, and then it has slowly become not that, as you said. Uh, and I think there's legitimate concerns that, okay, Rampage does do storylines, right? You know, they, 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 the entire, like a lot of the Swerve Keefley storyline went on Rampage. They're currently doing an Anna J, uh, uh, Julia Hart storyline. I'm not into it, but it's a storyline that's happening on Rampage. Um, so they are doing ran- they are doing storylines and stuff on Rampage, but it's the question of like, are they going to move some of those to Dynamite and Collision? Is Rampage going to have less storyline stuff? Is that or are they going to have the same amount of things? The question is, what is Rampage? Are they going? Is it just going to become like matches happening for an hour on Friday nights, baby, on uh, TNT? That's what it is to me. Yeah, is it just, it's already kind of that, is it going to get worse? And I think that's, you brought up a great point, SP, of like, there's, if it gets worse, the ratings are going to drop more. And it that's not good for Rampage. And I can see a reality where it just kind of gets forgotten about, uh, which tends to happen with Tony Khan, uh, where things get forgotten about and they lose that show. And that show just kind of falls apart. 
if but if if they if it falls apart then guess what they still have collision they still have dynamite and maybe they have a new television deal that's making them even more the hell or even more money so like who cares but you know i i, I don't know i i i fear that c- the collision being born puts a ticking talk ticking time clock on a, a rampage and it's uh and how long it's going to last in this world i'm not i'm not convinced it's that it's going to stay around forever in my opinion so. i mean yeah more or less that's right it's kind of been that already and another key point of what you what you're saying ryan is that you know they their new tv rights deal is very important mm-hmm. for you know aew and their future and you know i got the chance to talk to brandon thurston of wrestlenomics over on fightful over books in the wheeze with jeremy lambert and i asked him about you know aew and this whole exclusivity ex, uh, exclusive ownership of their content uh that's been associated with the story of them canceling dark and dark elevation and the sure. big thing that he emphasized is that aew is currently under monetized with the amount of yes. mo- with the amount of content that they're producing for warner brothers discovery they're not getting paid all that much like you know wwe in 2000 2019 when they signed up with you know fox and nbc universal for raw and smackdown they got 470 million dollars even on the you know the improved deal that aew got they made what 40 50 million Mm -hmm. for for you know getting the extra hour of rampage and then the the you know always occasional battle of the belts which talk about something that st- is way farther Ugh. away than what we thought it was going to be battle of the Ugh. belts i don't even want to get started on that because they hyped that, that up as the clash of the exactly somehow <laughs> that's worse than- it's just a special episode yeah. of rampage it's rampage with one extra hour now at this point because it was it was doing horrible ratings on saturday mm-hmm. so they just made it a one hour extra for so rampage two hour show on saturdays it's like, it's like, come on, come on, what are we doing? So I, they need to focus. And I like the fact that, you know, with Wrestling Observant Newsletter, when he talked about this brand split, is that they're not going to say, you know, CM Punk collision is your saturday show you're always going to be on saturday because honestly they don't have the star power as we've been seeing with the with the ratings you can't just have cm punk on a saturday where there's so much competition with ufc pay-per-views with wwe premium live events yeah i said it to piss off scott premium live events Mm. uh you got you got football coming up in the fall you got basketball the nba playoffs all this you have wwe ple's coming your way as well like we, we talked about this when the rumors of collision were happening is that okay number one i assume this means that aew is fully going sunday pay-per-views and number two wb is Uh, now working on saturday paper pay-per-view cycles you are going to fight against wwe pay-per-views ufc pay-per-views uh college football like that is a rough time slot honestly it really is. And I, you know, it's, I don't know if that's kind of going to be a long-term thing, but they don't have the star power to just have CM Punk there because CM Punk was such a difference maker for the ratings for dynamite. So I like the don't fact totally that the new, that. The, yeah, the new, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> tell them that I'm an elite fan and I'm saying it, yeah. Um, but CM Punk is too big of a star that he's made such an impact on the dynamite rating. You can't just have him on collision. You got to have him on dynamite as well. So, you know, I, 
like the fact that they said, you know, sometimes CM Punk will be on Collision, the Elite will be on Dynamite, but sometimes CM Punk will be on Dynamite, the Elite will be on Collision. It's yeah. kind of going to be or whoever. It's kind of going to be what WWE has been for the past eight months, where they bloodlines a draw. They're going to be on Raw. They're going to be. SmackDown this week. They're going to be all over the place. So you got to necessitate who needs these stars this certain week, what type of competition you're going up against. So I like that there's going to be more of a soft brand split, but each show kind of has to have its identity and kind of has to highlight all these guys that we don't see week to week. It's been months now since we saw Miro. You know, he he's injured now. Exactly. He's injured now, but Andrade was barely used that much so there's all these different guys and like yeah. like scott said swerve strickland is the number one because yeah. he's not only he's good for ratings not only is he one of the best workers he's one of the best characters he's one of the best heels and he has a close relationship for, with tony khan apparently so all of this does not make sense of why he's no. not on the show every single week so it just it's it's just baffling to the mind so hopefully with having an extra two hours who with the plan to be a top line show guys like sort of Strickland will get the attention and be on week to geek yeah. even before this four pillar storyline we barely saw like Darby like that since he lost the TNT championship yep. we barely saw guys like Sammy Guevara no, that's and- okay though that's okay though I understand. I understand. The women's division is the same thing. Like, you know, Ty Mello, we've been seeing her on all axes complain about, oh, I'm barely used like that. So it's all these, all this stuff, you know, and they understand they don't have that star power in the women's division. So women's division is going to be on dynamite. They're going to be on collision. It's kind of going to be widespread. There's not going to be a brand split in that way. So they kind of have to address a couple of different issues. And I'm hopeful that the collision thing will help them not only with that it will help them with getting more monetized and tony khan has to understand the fact the fact that he is under monetized for the amount of content he's producing so maybe you need to stop being so damn loyal to Warner brothers discovery and talk to somebody else and ask you ask them what you're valued at because that's the only way you're going to get the money you really should get from Warner Brothers Discovery is by talking to somebody else. Learn from the WWE free agents like Randy Orton, who's like, oh, I might talk to AEW. And WWE was like, oh, here's $3 million a year. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> we don't want you to talk to them. Like, you, if you're going to talk to somebody else that will give you the money you really deserve, Tony Khan has to realize that he has to do the same with Warner Brothers. I that's a huge point as well before we move on to the next topic of uh, I'm sure as someone who has was just working on a Warner Brothers not really I get Warner Brothers TV show uh, uh, I'm sure Warner Brothers is very happy that they are underpaying AEW uh, AEW is happy with the money of course but uh, I can I can bet you probably a million dollars that Warner Brothers is very happy that they are currently underpaying AEW uh, Warner Brothers Discovery I should say because they don't know what they're doing. They don't have the money for their own TV shows. I don't, I mean, the upfronts are coming up, but nothing's really been like, you know, no TV shows have really been uh, 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 renewed or anything. So I don't know what they're, they don't really have the money to do anything. Uh, well, speaking of uh, remembering to keep uh, people on television and speaking of Swerve Strickland, uh, AEW also apparently announced a new director of wrestling administration. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that title is made up. But 100, that title is made up. Director <laughs> of Wrestling Administration. They hired uh, Will Washington uh, as the new Wrestling Administration coordinator. 
He will be working, according to, according to Tony Khan, working in many areas of wrestling, live events, social media, creative, PR, uh, saying he has a great wrestling mind. Uh, Fightful was able to report uh, that, according to his deal, which was made official on April 27th, he is uh, contributing a lot to the creative, long-term creative, and working directly under Tony Khan. Uh, obviously, you guys both work uh, and have uh, uh, alliances, we'll say, with Fightful, but... So I, I'm and I and I'm sure you guys have maybe talked to Will Washington in the past as well. But from someone that has probably the least amount of interactions with Washington, incredibly nice dude, incredibly smart, and and has a memory like a like a trap. Like you know, he he remembers everything seemingly. Uh, Tony Khan esque in in that way. Um, incredibly nice dude. Uh, one of the nicest uh, podcast people out here, and incredibly also smart about the business. I think we can't rem- can't forget that like. He was the guy that pitched having the round ball rock uh, NBA uh, music being played. Uh, he was the guy that apparently, you know, he was the biggest guy that pitched the idea of lightening up the, the crowd in terms of putting lights back on the crowd. Um, and those two things happened. Tony Khan both listened to those things. And then obviously you brought him on. I'm not saying those things got him the job. I'm saying that uh, those things probably helped. Um, I, I cannot be happier. I think that's a good move. I think I've expressed in the past how booking all of this stuff is a lot for one person, especially taking on the ring of honor. I said at the time, uh, and I think he needed extra help and I'm glad to see that he has seemingly gotten extra help in the form of a new voice. I also want to mention a new voice in wrestling. He didn't hire Eric Bischoff. He didn't hire any of these old school guys from the nineties. He hired a new voice. And the last time we had a new voice in creative of wrestling was Tony Khan, essentially buying his way into it. Will Washington is, I'm not sure he's going to be really, I'm not sure if he's pitching storylines per se, but the fact that he is in creative and he has potential to get to that point uh, is huge and having a new voice in wrestling is very huge so i'm excited to see it uh see what what comes of this new role for old old willie wash uh what do you guys think about this new hire for AEW? yeah i think obviously it's a great move i mean when when uh it's see when you know when will started talking about how he's leaving fightful and stuff like that um you know things started to connect i think for a lot of people who may have not been in the know and Oh, this is probably where it's gonna go. You know, he's been he's been doing podcasts as long as anyone, you know, and that comes with having a knowledge for this and and having an awareness for this that I don't think I don't think can be overlooked. Like you said, you know, while he has a great memory and stuff like that, he has a good he has a great care for this, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's someone, and I think this is kind of an embodiment of WWE after so long. Is he's someone that has his ear to what we're talking about, right? What a lot of fans and a lot of people are talking about in terms of what they'd like to see. And I think that's huge for Tony Khan, right? Tony Khan sees tweets, but at the end of the day, Tony Khan's doing AEW, uh, Fulham FC, uh, Jacksonville Jaguar stuff. Like it's only so much he can handle. So bringing in a guy like Will to help, and even just keep creative on track, right? Yeah. The simplest thing when I hear when I read that, I was like, oh, so like not have the Swerve and Keith Lee uh feud just disappear for three months and then be like, oh, right, we should we should finish that. Um, like that, that's the type of thing that's like, oh, that's perfect, right? And it's so simple, but it's effective if you have help. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Will Washington, like you know, like you really said, great guy. It, it's easy to cheer for him in this scenario, um, and I think that's what we'll all be doing. So I'm excited to see. You know, we won't know what he does because it's you know behind the scenes for the most part. But at the same time, we also will because if stories get better. He's getting the credit, so congratulations to him. <laughs> yeah, you you saw it this week when, you know, if you've listened to Will, he's a big fan of a Karashita. Karashita returns, everybody on, on social media was like, Will Washington works, he's <laughs> doing the damn thing. Well, as someone who's, you know, done podcasts, I've done Day After Dynamite with uh, Will over on Fightful. I've done, you know, filled in for him over on Grab City and just been able to talk to Will. He's just one of the smartest guys that's ever done what we do as far as wrestling media and he's someone that tony khan has listened to i know for a fact tony khan had been watching the day after dynamite and hearing what will was saying like like you said ryan you know the round ball rock and lighting up the crowd and his certain things about you know stuff of you know storylines and the whole uh, the whole big blow up and controversy with tony khan's tweet about big swole and Rhapsody doing a podcast about that. Tony Khan listened to a lot of those things and even gushed over Will's kind of memory and his mind for things at just recently AEW Revolution when Will just out of nowhere was like, oh yeah, that was January 4th, uh, the Dynamite. And even MJF was like, man, how'd you remember that? Like, (laughs) like, it's so great, like how he has just been so insightful, so intelligent when it comes to professional wrestling and to see someone in that role. And once again, someone of color in that role this is like the highest position in creative we've seen for someone in color since if i remember correctly ernie ladd when early Ladd was a head booker that's the last time that anyone of color has been in this high of position and like you said ryan it's someone new that is a fresh voice it's a voice that's well connected and has their finger on the pulse and you know i wish that more of creatives throughout the world would do stuff like that and listen to you know the fan base and have someone that they trust that can fill that role in will washington man i i just said immediately after the announcement was made and kind of like scott when he was you know saying that he was leaving fightful immediately my thought was oh he's gonna work with aw i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure if he's if he's doing after 18 years of doing this and people like us would not be doing wrestling podcasts if it wasn't for will washington at 17 years old back in 2005 rbr wrestling deciding to do a podcast back when podcast was called podcast because you can only listen to it on an ipod and he explained that on his final episode of grab city like he is just such a pioneer for what we do and such a such an intelligent mind in professional wrestling that aew is definitely going to benefit from that yeah, and I think you're right. Like having that new voice in the room is going to be huge. I thought that you know, having someone like like a, having someone like him in there is huge, not just for a new voice. Having um uh, uh having someone uh having an African American person in the room is going to be a huge voice for all, all any minority I imagine is going to be in that program. Uh I I think that those sort of things help him help will help AEW a lot. I, you know, there was a long time thing of, you know, AEW doesn't represent uh, uh, black people enough uh, in their storylines. As you mentioned, they're, they're still having troubles with I that. I saw Powerhouse Hobbs title ring. <laughs> Yikes. Um, that So, like, there is elements of that. And I hope and I like to think 
that uh, Will Washington will be somebody that can uh, have a have that voice in the room, something that a lot of people have been wanting for years, for decades, and having a new voice that isn't, uh, you know, with, remember when they the, when Vince McMahon was doing XFL and they 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 brought back Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, guys from the '90s, right? You know, not yeah. a new voice. This is a new guys voice from failed companies. Guys from <laughs> failed companies. This is this is a guy from a fan base of your fan base that is super knowledgeable. Yeah. And I also think, just as a like a final point here, I thought Wednesday hearing that announcement after you know I thought Wednesday was like the tale of two different types of wrestling media people if anyone catches my drift um and i think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i am very happy and very proud that we are elevating the proper people in this space and elevating people that deserve to be in that platform uh who have good honest real takes very respectful people and i'm glad to see that he is uh uh deserves i would argue a spot like that. I mean, they, they, he brought up Mookie Ghana earlier and that guy has done wonders financially for AEW. So they need creative help. Hey, bring in with Washington, a fan that has been watching the product since day one and been following it since day one uh, and knows yeah. what he's talking about. So I think that's a, a good spot for someone like him to be in. Um, good people getting good things once for once is not a bad, not a bad situation, right? Not you a bad thing at all. That. Um, World Heavyweight Title Tournament. Let's talk about this real quick before we move the backlash. Uh, maybe we cut I, it. Maybe I, we cut I have, it. Do we have, I have any real idea. thoughts? I have an idea. This? I have an idea though. Yes. SP3 is talking backlash after this show, right? Why don't we talk about everything else before backlash? Get, okay, in case, in case, he, so he, yeah, so so he doesn't have to get the uh, the backlash uh, double double shot. As yeah, yeah, because I, I I rather hear him talk about the other shows with us. Than... Sure, 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 sure. That's probably a good idea. Well, let's, I think it's more fun. Let's move away from the wrestling t- title tournament. Uh, I, I think I think we can oh, all agree. Smackdown it's dumb. being it's dumb. involved is stupid. <laughs> oh no, we should talk about the World Heavyweight Championship tournament because okay. I mean. He, he... He needs to. I think we can all agree it's dumb. It's, we can all agree it's dumb. It's stupid. I don't like this. <laughs> what do you think? Like, I was just so frustrated <laughs> when they announced this title. Yeah. Because I was just like, dude, like everybody, everybody wants to. Uh, the whole thing with Triple H booking, since yeah. Triple H has became, I felt like for a long time, like the, the first two, three months, I was with everybody. I was like, oh, this is much better. We're getting more wrestling. Sure. Stuff makes sense. The bloodline is thriving. Bloodline's one of the greatest WWE storylines we ever heard. And then it was around maybe like December or January, where I was just like, no, the bloodline is is freaking is freaking a distraction. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's the it's the black band on the Titanic. I was like, I was like, everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, this black band, they playing, they playing some good music, and they don't realize the whole ship is going down. Yeah. The, the, the fire in the walls. It's like I was like, the women's division is a wreck. Yep. I was like, why is Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble? Where you've been building her, building her up to face Bianca Belair since July of last year, mm-hmm. and now she's racing Charlotte Flair because Triple H, we all remember, was so upset that she didn't win in 2020. It's like, 
Oh, three years ago, we didn't do this. And everybody was like, oh, no, no, it's going to be okay. They have a great story to tell. I'm like, sure, they have a great story to tell. He hasn't been telling great stories with the women's division. And what did happen? By the time we got to WrestleMania, everybody was like, oh, yeah, he didn't do a good job with that. Oh, I told you from the very beginning (laughs) this wasn't going to go well. And then Bianca Belair going with Asuka, not even going to get started on that. That was not any story (laughs) at all. No, So that was just dumb to begin with. If you flip it and you do Asuka getting revenge on Charlotte for beating her at WrestleMania, and your two biggest Triple H women that started in the pre-C when you were in charge of NXT, if there was a women's match to do at your first WrestleMania, it was Bianca Belair to Rhea Ripley, you idiot. So... This is when I called. I started calling him Flawed Paul because he has a lot of flaws, but a lot of wrestling fans don't want to realize it. Yeah. And he was—he is the cerebral assassin. So when he did that meeting with the with the talent, he was like, "Well, Vince is going to have input, but I have the final say." And everybody, everybody was focused on Vince will have input, and I was focused on him saying he has the final say. So everybody that wants to be in support of Triple H is like, "Oh, well, that has to be a Vince idea. That's a Vince idea. That's a, that that's Vince." And even with this world heavyweight championship, they're like, oh no, no, that, that, that the, the the problems with this is just Vince. This is Vince. It's like, no, yeah. he created the perfect scapegoat for him. And everybody is just fooled by this to the point that, you know, all respect to, to Will Washington being in AEW, but Triple H needs someone like me to tell him that this stuff <laughs> ain't working. This stuff ain't working. Let's focus on the women a little bit. Yeah. And when you create a title and your whole speech is Hey, this is the championship because, you know, Roman Reigns is so unbeatable. He's going unprecedented. I don't know a lot of people that could beat uh, Roman Reigns. He's going to be a thousand day champion. And he was smart enough to create a contract, a contract with a company I'm supposed to be in charge of. So I could have stopped him from signing this contract (laughs) where he works part time days and he's not defending the title that much. Well, but here, here's the consolation prize title. And everybody's like, yay, Triple H gave us what we want. No, you want this the titles to be split you did not want a third world championship and then i had to deal with wwe fans on social media telling me that no it's not a third world championship it's a second world championship because you see roman has never (laughs) defended each individual title so it's one title now i am sorry if you look at history 2002 chris jericho winning the undisputed championship when triple h wins it at wrestlemania what do they do they don't let him walk around with two different world titles they consolidated yeah. because that was an actual plan when randy orton wins the undisputed championship in 2013 they literally retired the world heavyweight championship and then by the time brian wins it and then it goes to you know cena and then to brock but less than a year they combine the titles they make one title mm-hmm. every single time there's been an undisputed champion that's what they have done they have had a plan to consolidate and not make some guy walking around through airports every other weekend with two separate world titles so apparently nine times out of ten they were wanting to split these titles roman would not want you walking around with two separate titles if they did not want to split these titles and you had chances triple h despite everybody wanting to blame the 
this man, this dude had nine freaking months to figure <laughs> something out. How about you make Austin Theory look like an idiot by him cashing in on one world title instead of both world titles, and instead of him cashing in on a freaking mid-card title, you could have just made <laughs> him into the idiot and have Drew McIntyre get his moment at Clash at the Castle. Everybody was waiting for it. They popped when Austin Theory came out. He could cash in on the WWE title. He kicks him in the face. Drew McIntyre gets his moment, and he doesn't have to sing with Tyson Fury. You, you, you had Cody Rhodes go to promo for the WWE title. He only cares about the WWE title. He don't care about no universal title. His dad didn't even know there was a universal title before he passed away. He cares about one freaking title. He wins the Royal Rumble. He cares about that title. He doesn't care about the universal title. You create a new story with Roman Reigns where he's holding one title and he's like, should I own this world title or not? I could have just, he could have just had Cody win the WWE title and everybody's happy. <sighs> Scotty, anything to add? You had the rant that I usually have once a week on this show, so I appreciate it. Um, and fantastic. everything you said was right. That's that my fantastic. favorite part of that entire. Every single thing you said was right. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's the consolation prize. Yeah. Uh, the only, and this is this is the fun part, also the dumb part, right? Because in WWE logic, it makes no sense. The only person that technically has a claim for this World Heavyweight title is the guy that Roman Reigns didn't beat, and that's Seth Rollins. That's the only guy that makes sense. And, by the way, is the only guy who should win this title. Um, Like, it's the only guy, because he's like, well, I'm not being given a second match. I'm not being given a second match. And they probably should have played that story up a little more to make the title make sense, right? Instead of just now, right? We're going to act like all of a sudden that Roman Reigns hasn't been involved on every show and that Seth Rollins couldn't have walked over to SmackDown at any moment in the past nine months to be like, hey, I want that title. It's one of the biggest blunders I think they've had is just not running that match back in any form. Uh, But you know what? Go crazy. Triple H, have 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 your moment. Um, well, you, see, you nailed you, you on the head, Scotty. Listen, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The reason the universal title still exists is because that's the one Roman won first. That's the whole reason. Yeah, that title would be dead and gone if that weren't the case. But that's the first title he had, so we have to keep it around until he actually loses. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost like you like SP3 said. You could have taken the other title. That being said, here we are. We have three World Heavyweight Championships in physical form, mind you. That matters. And we have to deal with a tournament that makes no sense. We have a SmackDown side. By the way, if you look at the SmackDown roster, SmackDown roster stinks for men's wrestlers. It stinks. Like, why do I have to? Like, I'm sitting here trying to say who's going to be in the finals. It's probably going to be Solo Sokoa. All right, put me to sleep already. Like, what are we doing here? This, oh, it's awful like you 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 made the focus on triple h and his booking that's fine like that's great and i'm happy they brought the world heavyweight title back as a second belt ultimately in the end i would hope the universal title disappears once roman loses it i don't know for sure that being said it's just dumb it's just dumb this title is gonna be on raw because roman reigns can't be on smackdown so let's have a tournament involving raw and smackdown you also have to remember that uh, we we just had a draft. Wrong company hired Will Washington. <laughs> they just had a draft, obviously, and uh, then on I think on Backlash they said that uh, the undisputed tag team titles 
can ch- tag team champions can go to both brands, yep. even though they're drafted yep. to one brand, they can go to yep. both. So it doesn't yep. matter. Ultimately, they're a free agent. Um, does that apply to Roman as well as an undisputed world heavyweight champion? Triple H told me no. The woman's <laughs> yeah, the women's tag team titles get to go on both shows because Liv and Raquel got drafted to Raw. They got a match on SmackDown this coming week. It does not make any and the, sense. And the, the draft, draft starts sense. like the draft is in place now. Like all the results of the draft yeah. now exist. So why are they on SmackDown? And 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 to, to, <sighs> the only thing I because Scotty was spitting facts as well. The only thing I want to correct is that, Scotty, it's not even physical form. It's now canon that this is the third world title. You know why? Because Paul Heyman on Raw literally said it. He said, Roman's got two world titles. Why don't he get the third? So so that's why I was like, I don't, I'm not arguing with these WWE fans anymore. They literally have made it canon now that this is a third world title. Yeah, it's dumb. It's it it's just dumb. Making a raw it, title that's def- that is uh decided via SmackDown matches as well, and involving SmackDown wrestlers, if I remember correctly, yes, and also involving yes. SmackDown wrestlers. And and then you're doing Raw versus SmackDown less than a month. So you're telling me that draft. you're telling me Karrion Cross has a chance. Yes. <laughs> and why couldn't they just do an eight person tournament on Raw? The Raw's yeah. got all the top guys. They yeah. got Shinsuke Nakamura. They got they got uh, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Gunther. They got all these different you guys. Can, you can put Brock down. Thanks. You can put Brock in there. You have Drew McIntyre as well, which whatever's happening with him. Uh, you know, you have guys that you can fill a tournament with. Even if you just wanted to do to two triple threat matches of a tournament, you got six guys. You can put them together and do a match. I don't know. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. What? Why? Why? And this is this is my. And I'll stop talking about it after this. But this is the dumbest part of it all, right? They have what three weeks to build towards this show, so I understand it's it's not as you know long as most pay per views. But you can fill your weeks with television. Do do the triple threats in one show, and then the finals the next. Instead, aren't they doing it all in the same night for no goddamn reason? Like yeah. ah. Triple H, come on, man. Like, listen, listen. We talked about the world title at large and the idea of it, anyways, a few weeks ago. Me and Ryan, like, we talked about the belt itself, and, you know, it is what it is. It's better than the blue and red strap. But when the blue and red strap still exist, who cares? I'm well, done talking about it. As this Triple H once said, the story never ends. So uh, we're just going to uh, keep going until. I don't know, forever? <laughs> I don't freaking know anymore. Like, I just want someone to, like, throw the Universal title in the trash the moment Roman loses. Just so that, like, I can feel like, oh, okay, there you go. We just had to look at it for the past forever because Roman won it first. Great. Uh, let's let's move on to wrestling Don Taku. Let's talk about some good wrestling, folks. I think we, oh, all, I think we all need a refresher, a little nice little cigarette after that. Uh Wrestling Don Taku uh, took place New Japan on 5-3 last Wednesday. Uh, you know, obviously we're skipping all the so six So long man- ago. So long ago at this point. Obviously we're skipping all the six-man tags because who gives a shit? Uh, but <laughs> of the title matches that we all saw, I thought this was a pretty good uh, little show here. A little half of a card here. What did you guys think of Don Taku? I rather enjoyed it. I, I like that there is 
fresh angles and new japan just feels like it's in a new era mainly yeah. because they're really trying to establish new stars like we've had okada the tadahashi the the naitos you know you had will osray for a bit jay white was a top star but now he's gone and they've had to fill in a lot of spots because tadahashi ain't getting any younger mm-hmm. naito you know he's, he's piling up the injuries and you can't just stand on the okada mountain for too long so so, you know, putting the title on Sonata was a first step and just, you know, the further progression of Ren Narita and Shoto Aminu and some of the undercard guys that have been there for a mm-hmm. while getting the attention that they deserve. And their tag team division is probably the best it's been since I started watching New Japan back yeah. in like 2014. This is the best that the heavyweight tag team division has been and the junior heavyweight tag team division since the Young Bucks left. So, yeah, it's it's it just felt so fresh and knew a lot of the angles and i would say everything from uh, zach saber jr versus jeff cobb was a great match which is similar to how i felt about sakura genesis where everything from mercedes triple threat on was a great match they seem to be doing that theme of each match is better than the last before we get to a great main event yeah i thought the show was very good uh let's go through it match by match here a little bit um giving our quick little thoughts on it all uh, we'll start with the world title, because I think that's the more exciting part to talk about. Um, we got the world heavyweight title match, the IWGP world heavyweight title match between Sonata and Hiromo Takahashi. Um, I don't think anyone really thought Hiromo was going to win here. Uh, obviously, we all, I would argue at the time, thought maybe Shingo, maybe Naito at Dominion. But of course, we got a, I thought a really good match. I thought it was a great match. I think it went four stars flat in this bad boy. Uh, between Sonata and Hiromo. I thought it was great. And I've been sort of down on Hiromo a little bit, so getting four out of me with a Hiromo match, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, but I thought it was a great match. And then post-match, you get the return of my bad boy, Yoda Suji. And I'm hyped, baby. That I There has never <laughs> been bigger I'm him energy out of these young line returns than Yoda Suji. Master Wado didn't have it. Ren Narita didn't really have it. He was good, but he didn't really have the I'm Hit energy. He didn't he didn't not have it, but he didn't have it. And then Shota Umino is, I I think, trying to have it. Like the, like it's I think he's trying too hard to have it. If he gets rid of that stupid jacket, we could we could be there. But, Ugh, but Yorasuji fully has it. So I thought we had a great main event, followed by a fantastic angle with a, a ginormous push. Yorasuji comes back. Faces the world champion, champion, takes on not one, not two, not three, not four, but just five guys, and and a great looking spear to boot, and now he's getting a main event title at Dominion, and I'm super excited uh, about Wild. this. I don't know if he's gonna win. We can talk about that, but I thought uh, this is a whole this final segment here was fantastic. Scotty, what did you think? Yeah, I thought the main event was fantastic. Me and SP3 talked about this. Uh, I thought I have this Hiromu match right there with the Leo Rush match from. Uh, a few months ago in terms of his greatness. And and this was the match where I was like, oh, maybe I'm just a Hiromu fan again. Because I've been liking all of his matches. Um, I like the one with Yo. I love the one with Leo. I love the one with Kanemaru. <laughs> and I love this one. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm just back on the Hiromu train. And I'm just not noticing. Um, because I think what Hiromu did really good here is he made you believe even in the match where it was unbelievable that he would win, right? Like, there was no shot this guy was winning. But he made you believe he went all out to do so. And it was it was fun to have Hiromu in the underdog role for the first time in what felt like forever. Um, 
because right he's the ace he's the guy that doesn't really do that and that's why i love the kanamaro match so much as he was kind of that underdog because his leg was destroyed and yeah i thought this was one of the best matches of the week i've seen a lot of wrestling this week but it was, it was one of the best matches of the week uh sonata this new coat of paint i just want to give him credit because i think we'll skip we'll, we'll almost skip over sonata right because it was the Hiromu, you know challenge and then the yoda suji debut but sonata he he has found it he has found the the recipe for his success um between just his overall presentation and his you know his updated style i won't say it's a completely different style in the ring it's updated to the point where it it's bringing together what you know you and me have talked about ryan is that if he wrestles faster right and less methodical he's just a better wrestler overall he is a he's always been a good to great wrestler it's just a matter of he's a great g1 wrestler yeah it's just a matter of him caring to wrestle that way right yeah and now that he's champion i mean he has no other choice but to care but i thought he was great here i thought him and Hiromu absolutely knocked it out of the park um and like yeah you said with yoda suji it's a bold move i'll say that um putting him in the dominion main event is about as bold as a company can go um i don't the car the dominion card's weird because it doesn't scream dominion at all to me Mm -hmm. it screams dontaku genesis (laughs) you know it doesn't scream dominion and that's not a shot at yoda suji that's kind of a shot at the whole card as overall Mm -hmm. um i'm a little worried i I think it's i think you're you'd be crazy not to worry about yoda suji's big match being The main event of Dominion. Yeah. That being said, uh, he's the oldest of the lions that have come back, so he kind of needs to be accelerated now. Or, you know, yeah, it's a feast or famine type thing for him. Um, I like the I like him going to, um, what the hell, Lij. I like that idea. Uh, though. I, he, you, you know, he, you know what he, vibe he gives me, and people are gonna get mad at me. He gives me Lij Evil vibes, like just mm. overall. And I liked Lij Evil. I thought Lij Evil was a good wrestler. He's more athletic, so it's going to work in his favor, right? He can do the topes, and he's just uh, a little more impactful. And he had the, like you said, the I him, I'm him moment. Um, I haven't seen him wrestle though in months. Like I think I saw one CMLL match, uh, one Rev Pro match. I don't like to take from Rev Pro personally in terms of his uh, matches, so I'm gonna wait and see um, how this guy looks in the end. Because while it was a great moment, Dominion's still Dominion. That's fair. That is fair. SP, what do you think the odds of Suji winning that match are? If 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 they are at all high at all. First, I will say about the matchup, I, I, I'm probably the high man on this, but I've enjoyed the hell out of Sonata's two world title matches. Yeah, I, I, I have to. 
I thought the the matchup with Okada was tremendous, but I thought this one was just a little bit better because Hiromu went into his 2017 bag with that with the drop kick early on where mm-hmm. he takes a flat bat bump on, <laughs> on the, the concrete. concrete. <laughs> he he's taking risks. He just feels more comfortable. He feels like he's gotten over kind of the the aberration with you know getting all these injuries in a close amount of time. And I just like the story of you know Sonata kind of acting like a heavyweight, acting, presenting himself like a champion and, you know, Hiromu fighting from underneath. And I always say the key with these matches where the where the outcome seems predictable, I go back to Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 25, and Michaels hits the sweet chin music, and you actually believe he could break the streak. And I go back to, uh, you know, this year with the Revolution match with Brian and, and MJF, when Brian hits the bicycle knee early and he gets the first fall and then he hits the bicycle knee in overtime and people actually believed brian was going to win the world title in that instant mm-hmm. with these matches it's all about getting that one near fall where people believe yeah. you can win and with this matchup it was the time bomb too because time bomb two has pretty much finished everybody and i've loved all of his junior heavyweight championship matches i really enjoyed the uh the four-way at at Wrestle Kingdom, really enjoyed him and Yo. I enjoyed even him and Robbie Eagles at Sakura Genesis, him yeah. and Kanamaru. The, the, I thought the best match of his matches was Leo Rush at the New Japan Cup final, but this match was just a little bit better because he actually made you believe he could become mm-hmm. the double champion, and that was the key to this matchup. And then Sonata finishing him in the end was just great stuff. Sonata annoys me because I just want him to finish somebody with Skull End instead of letting him go and going for the damn moonsault but the damn moonsault was impressive as hell in this match because he did yeah. went halfway across the ring so it was just great in every way possible and it just felt like a big match in front of that sold out full woku car uh crowd but Man, Yoda Suji, you would have thought great Muda came out of retirement with the way that Fuwoku crowd just was like, oh, like the, the Japanese, <laughs> oh, is the big pop in the yeah. U.S. The U.S. has the big pop the of everybody gasp. just real loud, but the gas in, in Japan is is on that same level, and their reaction to Yoda Suji just sucked me into the moment, and like you like you said, Ryan, I thought Dominion, it was going to be Naito, Orokata, and that's the end of Sonata's reign. And with Yoda Suji re-debuting, my decision is still the same. We're getting the Suji shock at Dominion. Yeah, is they're strapping the rocket to this young man and taking it to the moon because you don't get much opportunities to pay off a young lion getting that re-debut and establishing him as a top guy. They're doing it slow and steady with Yoda with uh, Shoto Aminu, doing it slow and steady with Ren Narita. One of these guys, and you know, Scott bring it up, he's the oldest out of the bunch. One of these guys they have to go all the way with and Yoda Suji after this re-debut. I think he's the guy. Suji Shock coming up June 4th. I mean, if he wins, I mean, tough job, Naito. I don't know how much longer you're going to be light leader of uh, LIJ after that one. If he wins that title, oh, that's going to it's gonna suck. It's going to put you out to pasture, I think, old man. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm excited to see uh, what Suji can do with Dominion. Uh, other matches that happened on Duntaku were the never openweight title match, David Finley versus Tamatonga, where David Finley defeated Tamatonga and put him out a, to pasture on a stretcher. Uh, nice little stretcher yeah. job here for Tamatonga. <laughs> uh, I thought this was, I, I've been sort of down on David Finley on this new relook, on this rebranding, 
uh, but I thought this was his best match yet um, in this new rebrand. Uh, I thought this he needed a definitive, like, powerful victory, and that, that came across fully for me. So I thought it was a really good job. SP, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a dominant performance by David Finley. And, you know, he needed that because this was kind of akin to Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at uh, TakeOver Rival, where he just kept power bombing him and hitting the the trash panda on him and just completely took him out. And I love the symbolic uh, nature of the the or one of the original members of the Bullet Club getting stretchered out as the new leader is the new champion and took him out of it on the 10 year anniversary of the Bullet club but i expected the post match with el phantasmo returning to happen and i really want el phantasmo to be a star because this japan crowd have really embraced him as a babyface even during his time in the bullet club so i'm looking forward to their match at dominion i don't know if elp wins the championship but this is a huge step in that progression totally agree scotty any thoughts on this match it was fine Ooh, oh oh uh, just I... a fine <laughs> I mean, it, as a match, it was whatever. I mean, the destruction got, gets David Finley over, and that's the most important part. Um, I'm also just but, seeing that Dave gave it four to quarter. I don't know if I was that high, Dave. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Well, yeah. he gave the Shingo Hanari match five and a half, so I'll never forgive him. Uh, <laughs> five, five and a quarter. Oh my god! I was like, I was like, five Dave, and a quarter, it, whatever. It's a, he it's gave a, it more than five. Match. It's a great match, but not yeah. not break the scale. Come on. No, no, he likes that match a lot more than the one with Tai Chi. And I was like, what? But that's <laughs> whatever. That's whatever. Uh, no, but I thought this this match did the job. And that's the most important part. It, it accomplished what it was supposed to accomplish. Uh, I, I out, of, out of the final five matches, it's my fourth favorite. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's probably fair. Uh, never open weight six man tag team title match. It was the team of Chaos Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii teaming up with X, and it was Hiroshi Tanahashi replacing himself. Uh, to defeat the team of El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita to win the never open weight six man tag titles. Scotty, any thoughts on this match? Yeah, see, I love this because Okada bullying the hell out of people is the best. It's just the best. Like, this is some of the best work Okada's ever done. Mm-hmm. And seeing him hold the title that isn't the world title is going to take, like, forever to get used to. Because, like, I saw I saw him holding and I was like, this is, this is kind of weird. I, I never thought about what happens when he wins. Um, I just thought about the idea that, oh, this will be fun. That being said, I think I think the dynamic here is fun, right? Yeah. It's the idea of all right, two guys don't like each other. Okada's just wanting to be a champion again. How does this work? And based off of the post match, it works pretty damn well to me. Uh right? Uh the post match is the most exciting part. I know I'm the show to Ubino uh stan over here. I love this guy. I think he has a great theme song that helps a lot. Um, but once he gets rid of that stupid jacket, we're gonna be we're gonna be cooking. But until he gets rid of that goddamn extra jacket, I'm gonna lose my mind. He even had it here. I was like, God damn it! Just get rid of the stupid jacket, you John Moxley wannabe. Uh, that being said, I love Shota Umino and John Moxley popping up on the big screen. Obviously, beyond exciting, this guy showed up to Dominion. Uh, Tony Khan pretty much said, "Listen, you can't have Kenny Omega." at dominion you can't have him in in the title that's yours but we'll give you john moxley and they and 
And Gato must have been like, oh, sign me up. Haven't had haven't had John Moxley in Japan forever. Give give him over to me. So him, Moxley, and maybe Yuta, right? We know Yuta's gonna be on the resurgence show with these two. Um, so maybe that's an idea of who's gonna be over there. I'd prefer someone else other than Yuta, but that's just me being selfish. Obviously, I know we're not getting Danielson. Um, I would have liked Eddie. I would have liked Eddie to be in the spot. I know we, we can't because of Blackpool Combat Club reasons, but I thought Eddie, Yoda, uh, not Yoda, Shoda, Jesus, that's going to be terrible. I'm going to get Shoda and Yoda. What are we doing? Uh, Shooter and Moxley. I think that'll be great. Yeah. I think that'll be great. And uh, hard and the, you said the, you said the great uh, stuff about the tag team division. The trios division hasn't been this fun in ever. <laughs> like, never. This, Right? Strong style, you know, they didn't have a lot of defenses, but they were great as champions, and now we have Kazuchika Okada holding these damn belts, so, like, that's fun to me. I, I really enjoyed this match, and I can't wait till Narita gets the win over Okada. That was my takeaway from this, because that's going to be a great moment. SP, what do you think of this match? Oh, I loved it. I would say it's the greatest trios match that New Japan has ever done. Like, I, I had uh, Hiromu and Sonata as, like, my top-rated matchup from this, but this was a close second uh, just because of all the different singles rivalries that are going on in the matchup with Okada and Narita. Uh, Ishii and Desperado yeah. have that fight forever vibes between them where right. they just, they see each other and it's on-site. I love it every single time. <laughs> uh, and Suzuki battering the ribs of Tadahashi and how good mm. Tadahashi is at selling an injury. No one is better than Tadahashi had selling an injury, and he was great in this matchup. That's when we learned he actually wasn't being. <laughs> exactly. And, and I agree with Scott. I absolutely love this Okada new character where I made uh, I came over the analogy thanks to J, uh, Jeremy Lambert. Okada is the guy who used to run the frat house, who is now 10 years older and lives across the street from the frat house, and he's mad at all the people from the fraternity for doing the same stuff he was doing 10 years ago. Like he's, That's yeah. the guy he is, and it just works so well. I totally agree with Shoto Bino. he is he is basically like a old song my stepdad used to wear used to used to play all the time is papa was a rolling stone wherever he left his hat was his home and he's been walking around with that hat of john moxley which is the jacket for all these months so he uh. needs his dad to come back and realize that his dad is a little bit of a jerk and a douchebag now and then he'll probably drop the 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 jacket and the hat for yeah. a while afterwards i think that they fail at Dominion and then mm. they turn on Shooter and we get yeah. BC versus this Okada Tadahashi Ishii dream team at Forbidden Door. Whew. That'd be awesome. That'd be so good. It's either that mm-hmm. or they give Shooter a big spot and they put him against Moxley. They can do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Which is true too. Obviously, that would be New Japan like, hey, let's give him this moment. Um, I, I, I wanted to add that's how it should go. It should be Moxley. You know, it should be Shooter losing and Moxley getting pissed and lighting the poor kid up. And I think, you know, that's how you get Shooter to that next step, especially with the G1 coming. It would be like the perfect, all right, we drop the jacket, we send him into the G1, he has a hell of a showing, right? Um, and then that way, I think we'll be everyone will be like, oh, now he's there because he's had some great matches. That's There's no question about that. He's better now than he's ever been, as he should be. But uh, it's a damn jacket. It's like it's like it's like the ghost of Christmas past that will just not not go away. Just keeps falling on him, and I need it gone. 
<laughs> what a goes to the Christmas past analogy. I was not expecting that one here. Uh, New Japan World TV title match. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb. This match went to a 50-minute time limit draw. Um, one of these one of these Zack Sabre Jr. matches were bound to hit a 10-15 minute time draw based on the speed that they were going. Uh, he's, I, I've always wanted this title to be a quick title, and it, it never is. It's always like a 10-minute plus <laughs> title, which is fine, I guess. It's still like a 10-minute match or whatever. Still quick for New Japan. It's still quick for yeah. New Japan. I would just like it to be sub-10 minutes sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's fine. We're getting the uh, 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 Dominion, I believe, is one of the rematches happening for this title. So, uh, you know, that's fine. I mean, knowing wh- where we're going, I think it's probably maybe a little harder to talk about. But the match itself, I thought it was, yeah, it was good. Pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great matchup because it was basically Zach Steckers versus the size and the power of, of Jeff Cobb. And it felt like the right time to do the time limit draw. I've been really enjoying it. I think that Zack Sabre Jr. overall, regardless of gender, is the best champion in wrestling because every one of these matches has been great, in my opinion, whether it's the Ichi match at New Beginning, mm-hmm. the Tom Lawler match at Capital Collision, him and Shooter having a pair of great matches in the New Japan Cup and for this title. So I think that Zack Sabre Jr. has been kind of reminding people that he is one of the best wrestlers in the world via this championship. And Jeff Cobb was the right guy to go to the time limit draw with. I just don't want Jeff Cobb to beat him. I don't I want this Zack Sabre Jr. to hold this title before we get to Forbidden Door so we can get a 15 minute time limit on him and say him and Brian. Have you considered he's not Mina Shirakawa, though? All right. Anyways, I mean, uh, Mina Shirakawa is the new. <laughs> that's a new champion. That's a new champion. Right, that's right, been right. happening for you a while. Toss around best champions. I was just hey, saying. I put Mina in there. I'll put Athena in there. Uh, Zach's the only one that doesn't rhyme. So uh, right. I, was like, I was like, I was like, if you have a if you have a third rhyme to this, then I'm just gonna applaud you. We can call it a show. Um, but yeah, this match was good. Obviously, I mean, these two work well together. This was one of those matches, though, where the way it started, I was like, oh, this is going to do a draw. And maybe that's yeah. the stardom fan in me. I'm used to that. I know when matches are going to a draw. Um, but this was one of those where I was like, this, is, this isn't this is going to a clean finish one way or the other. Um, and I'm okay with them running it back. And I'm excited based off of the Ring of Honor tapings, which I won't bring up. But based off of the Ring of Honor tapings, I'm excited to see where this title is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... Yeah, I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson, I don't care at the end of the day. I need that to be the direction. I don't really <laughs> – That's that needs to be Zack's uh, angle. I want to see Zack – and this doesn't matter right now, but I want to see Zack and Tai Chi wrestle for this because of their past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a great 15 minutes because I feel like they wouldn't wait to get into it. They would just go. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I wish this match did a little bit more was just go. Um, but again, 15 minute time limit. I knew from about two minutes on, I was like, oh, this is going. This is going to that very last second, no matter what. Uh, other match New Japan strong open weight title match. Hikaleo defeats Kenta. Another title change on this show. Scotty, I know you love this match. It was your favorite match of the card. Uh, well, I'll give you the next 10 minutes to uh, hoot and holler and rave uh, about this match. So go ahead, sir. Well, at least they finally paid off Hikaleo beating Jay White. I mean, to win <laughs> to win a title that doesn't matter. This oh, title means God. less than the KOPW, the every title. I don't even know why it still yeah. exists. Like this title of all the titles could have been 
given away, sold to the, the highest bidder. Like this, who cares? But uh, congratulations to Hikaleo. Hikaleo is not bad. He's fine. He just, I, he's not a super worker. So he's aggressively he's fine. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. Him, is that he's he's a big man fine. who, if you used him as you're supposed to use a big man, he'd be better instead of just baby face, tall guy who is related to the girl's destiny. SP, any thoughts on this uh, humdinger of a match? Oh, man. Well, they stopped putting Kenta in these long singles matches. And this wasn't even long. It was 10 minutes. But that's <laughs> long for Kenta. It felt uh, this is, <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's, Kenta is, is, is Kenta by name only. He's still uh, Hideo Itami with the way he works. So I, I'd pay a lot of money for him to leave Bullet Club because I think there's still... Uh, I still think there's some Kent in there. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. We've seen he it. Just in Noah. Use it. <laughs> he he yeah, doesn't Noah. know every once in a he while. He doesn't know. He will not do it here in New Japan. New Japan, Kenta stinks. Give me Noah Kenta 10 times out of 10, please. There's a there's a new tag team that's back around in Noah. Let's let's get Kenta back over there and let's have him wake up against them. You're me, you're talking about the team of Timothy Thatcher and Saxon Huxley? I'll take that as a no. I'll take your silence and dead stare as a no. Moving on to stardom. <laughs> that would have been the perfect transition to Noah, but instead let's talk stardom. Fuyo, Fuyo, oh, goddess legend, the show, the stardom Fuyoko. That's, that's the name of the show. Uh, had a show uh, last Thursday. Uh, pretty good show as well. I thought this was also a pretty good show. We'll start off at the top of the card as well here. The Wonder of Stardom title match. Mina Shirakawa defeats Natsupoi to retain her title. SP as a beloved Mina fan, let's talk about it. What do you think of this match? Oh, I love Mina Shirakawa. I Scott knows this. I said this to him when we did our our Stardom All Star Grand Queendom matchup. I thought the match with uh, Saya Kamatani was one of the best women's matches of the year, and then this one was right on par with it. Natsupoi, kind of her style with her quickness, working with uh, Mina, who just knows how to work psychology so well yes. in her storytelling, and her matches just build and build and build until that crescendo and. It always hits like whenever I watch Amina Shirakawa match, I feel something and I felt something for this match. Another great match that's right up there with, you know, Mina versus Saya, uh, Tam and Julia's the, the match, of the, the woman's match of the year, in my opinion. I don't think I'm going to see anything that passes that yet, but this is right up there in the top five for what we've seen from stardom so far this year, which has been a spectacular year for them in ring. Scotty, what did you think of this match? I thought this was the match of Mina Shirakawa's life. Like, I, I thought the side match was great. But this this was the match that told me not only is Mina should be champion, she should be champion for an extended amount of time. Because winning the title and getting the moment, right, getting the chase moment, that's one thing. We've seen it with champions throughout the years. It's always that first defense where I worry for those champions yeah and as i like to say big bat big match natsupoi over here you know anytime she gets a big match she doesn't really let you down uh this was one of her greatest performances ever as well um these two just had seamless chemistry there was an urgency to them there was a physicality that I didn't think they were going to necessarily reach, right? You know, people are going to look at Natsupoy and Mina and think, expect one thing, and they gave you the completely other direction. I thought they 
exceeded expectations. They and Mina walked away for me. Have and w- Mina left this match with me wanting to have a longer reign than I initially wanted for her, and I think that's the biggest accomplishment of them all. It's one of my favorite matches of the year, not only in stardom, but one of my favorites because I think there was just a sense of accomplishment all around. And like I said, this was one of the best performances out of both of them. I think it's Mina's best overall because uh, this was a great comparison that I heard uh, when I did the review. She wrestles like Tanahashi used to with the dragon screws. She'll kick those into gear when she starts fighting back and she'll just murder the leg, murder the leg. And it creates a really exciting closing to the match because obviously there's still a chance for that person, but it's the, it's the right. She has like the kind of Muto mindset with the dragon screws and the figure four leg lock. But at the same time, it is that Tanahashi baby face comeback where he's just destroying the leg to survive. And I think she's really good at the limb stuff. I never thought that Mina Shirakawa was going to be a good limb worker, um, I that's not what I saw Mina doing two years ago, but here we are, and uh, just fantastic job by all of them. Definitely, uh, they stepped up into the main event in the right way. I'm just reaping the benefits of saying that Mina Shirakawa was going to be great uh, two years ago, uh, and everyone believed me, and everyone said I was a fool. And two years ago, I said, "Oh yeah, she's going to be great," and everyone was like, "You're an idiot," yeah. and I'm like, "Because this is yeah. like this is peak her doing like the." You know, like the 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 cha cha, you know, sort of thing. This is Peeker doing that. I was like, no, she'll be great one day, and no one believed me. And here we yeah. are. And uh, yeah. listen, listen, I've never had to eat more shit than I have with Mia Shirakawa, and I'm happy I am. Like truthfully, I'm happy I am. And every week, I I I, I please to I'm pleased to. It's okay. You. <laughs> You're not the only. I hear about it every single day at this point, but uh, this is this is if I was ever gonna be wrong about something, I'm happy this was it. Um, because she is blown it out of the water and obviously we're on our way to one of the biggest matches in stardom history now mm-hmm. because we are having a double title match as Mina Shirakawa demanded which Kano i'm Kano. not really sure of because this Me feels neither. like too 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 quick into both of their reigns good yeah. news for both of you rossi ogawa has a specialty and it is draw. good old time <laughs> limit draw <laughs> that's what i thought i was like i was like oh this has to be a draw doesn't it yeah death taxes and time limit draws those are the only guarantees in the life of rossi ogawa wow I either can't... that or a double knockout which is always possible if it's a time limit draw and this is a world title match is that 60 minutes was no, that, no, it's 30. 30, 30? 30 is the max first stardom. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that was bad. Thank um, God. The, so the last time we had, so we've only had, I think, one other World versus Wonder title match. Um, obviously, Mayu Itani is the only one to ever win them, but that wasn't a World versus Wonder title match. It was only a World title match. Um, was Kagetsu versus Momo Watanabe in 2018. So, And that went to a 22-minute double knock. Uh, double knockout so so it might yeah. not be a draw it could be a double knockout you never know i don't know how harder. they would do a double knockout but because that's not i mean unless they just batter each other which is very possible based say, off of me in a match with nazi boy here and tam just tam, tam. Just tam. Yeah, it's very possible but it'll be interesting it's a very intriguing direction but i honestly thought they had to do this because otherwise you're just skipping over 
the obvious Club Venus Cosmic Angel stuff, which yeah. you, know, you got to go with now. So it should be uh, should be interesting. I never thought this would be the one that we ran this back on, Mina and Tam Nakano, but here we are. Oh, before you head out, SP, let's get your quick thoughts on the tag title match, the Goddesses of Stardom title match. This is God's Eyes, God's Eye, Ami Sarei and Mirai defending their titles against Suzuki and Koguma. What did you think of this tag team title match? And also the challenge post-match. Yeah, I thought it was a really good matchup. Uh, Hazuki has become one of my favorites in stardom, especially this year with her work with, you know, Mercedes and Azumi, as well as her matchup with Saya Kamatani. I uh, love the tag team match from All-Star Grand Kingdom with her uh, st- teaming with Fuji, Fuji, Fu, Fu, Fuwa. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this one was a really good matchup. I love her tag team, FWC. Uh, they work very well together, and I love New Errors kind of playing off of their previous matchup with seven up and trying to get the count out. That was a cool little spot because I was like, oh, don't do this again. But they yeah. they was like, hey, that's how we won the title. So we're gonna try it again. So I like the storytelling there as well. And um Mariah is is so good. It's so good. And I love, you know, Scott telling me that she's a big fan of like Tomori Ishii and Hiroki Goto, because I see that in her with the with the big lariats and stuff like that. So I thought this match was really good. Scotty, what did you think of this match? Yeah, um, Stardom is going to have a Suzuki problem very quickly. They already have a Suzuki problem. The Suzuki problem is she is getting the loudest reactions at every show now. Yeah. That's going to take over eventually. And that becomes a problem for Mirai. That becomes a problem for Micah. That becomes a problem for all these contenders the wonder of stardom championship because there feels like there's other people up next after Mina Shirakawa but when Hazuki's getting the loudest cheers at Ryogoku Sumo Hall against Mercedes Monet and Azumi and the loudest cheers when she's facing Saya Kamatani for the title and the loudest cheers against Mirai here you get the point Hazuki's okay. creating a problem a good problem um, for someone who loves Suzuki, but uh, it'll be interesting to see because I, based off of what we saw with Mina, right, and her rise to the title and her popularity, plans don't always go as expected. And I think uh, Hazuki's working her way into that. She needs to win eventually, or it'll be too late. Scenario. Well, uh, we're obviously going to be talking still more about stardom, uh, but uh, it's 10.45. SP3 has got to get out of here to record another podcast. Ugh, another podcast. Uh, Uh (laughs) How dare you do more podcasting besides us? Uh, SP3, it's been so lovely to have you on this show. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Uh, you follow me on Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. My main base of operations is the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got content pretty much uh, seven days a week, either watch alongs, reviews. Uh, I am mainly on any reviews of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we've been doing some stardom as well. I'm about to call up Scott to rejoin us for Flashing Champions at the end of the month. That should be a bunch of fun. Uh, any pay-per-view reviews, I'm up on there. But usually, you can see me on Thursdays for our AEW Dynamite review, AE Ramble with me and Jimmy Macaram. Thursdays at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time. The True Hill Heat Flagship Podcast every Saturday at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time with myself, Miss Christy Love, and Top Guy JJ. 
I also do content for Fightful Overbooked, mainly talking about things that are not wrestling on a wrestling channel. Yes, I'm good for that. Uh, my Laker rants, I'm a Lakers fan, so always uh, there to, to spit the good word when it comes to the Lakers, like Draymond Green, Kyle Greens, Tom Green, Seth Green, Green Mile, Green Acres, Lakers in five. Um, so you can always <laughs> see me for that every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Fightful Overbook, me and Jeremy Lambert, FMC talking about basketball talking about trash reality television so see me for all the good stuff and around other places sports key to wrestling believe in pro wrestling good stuff but thank you so much for having me guys always yeah. like talking the widespread of professional wrestling with scott my good friend and my new good friend ryan here so i will i am always welcome to come back when i don't have another podcast to do right <laughs> after and stay for the full show no, we, awesome. we thank you so much for having you on here. Uh, this is fantastic. We'll totally have you on again at some point. Uh, I know you need to head out of here. So thank you so much, SP3. Uh, we'll see you around next time. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next time. And Azumi versus Maysera. That was a great match. Ah. I will say that. Okay. Uh, there we go. <laughs> we did a good segue. Later, guys. <laughs> All The ultimate pro here. The ultimate pro here. Always uh, setting us up for the next bit. Um let me as I uh, adjust the live stream here for us. Yeah, there. I'll talk about Azmi and Mace. Please do. He led, he led me in already. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, a lot, a really good high speed match. I think early on they had some miscommunications, and I think that's just again to Mace not being around for the past year and eight months. Yeah. But once they got going, they got going. This one, this woman, and I've said this on multiple podcasts this week, but this woman did a second rope springboard blockbuster. Like, and she's like not tall. Like she's not a big person, no. and she's doing that. And it's like what a wild move to just bring out. Um, she also I don't know if you watched this part, but when they were like doing the introductions, she just jumped to the top rope. Yes, leaped, and I was like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, what? A she just did that, and everyone's gonna act like that's nothing. And I'm like, no, that's not nothing. She she just leaped to the top rope no problem kept her balance but whatever uh really good stuff obviously a shock i didn't think Azumi was going to successfully defend uh the title here i thought you know let's just get it on may sarah she's next up but i'm happy that uh i'm happy that they keep it on Azumi. I, I think it's okay not to go immediately to the new high speed ace i think we can wait a little bit longer uh get her established right she's yes. She's still establishing. She ain't losing. I'll tell you that on the house shows. She is not losing. It helps to be paired with Suzu Suzuki. But that being said, I mean, today they were at uh, Comic-Con, Osaka Comic-Con. They wrestled the match. It was Saya, Azumi, and Miyu Amasaki versus Suzu, Sarah, and Hanan. Mm -hmm. And they won. So, you know, they're the non-faction beating the faction trio. So I think that's interesting. But uh, fun match here. And it, I always like when the high speed opens the shows too. So it's kind of always weird when you find the middle, unless they're going for like the main event style high speed match. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right in saying that like she might get there eventually, but now is just not the time yet. I think this is yeah. that sort Let of her match. get comfortable. Yeah. She, she's got to get comfortable into, in, in coming back into wrestling as well. Uh, 20. Yeah. And she's got plenty of time anyway. Well, Twenty, I don't know. For stardom, I don't know. Twenty, uh, she. I wouldn't say plenty of time. She's got time. Uh, uh, but she got she, plenty of time. Tam's thirty-five. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> um, uh, you yeah, know, but she, uh, she's new. 
So she is also yeah. like it. It's basically just putting the seed in for uh, maybe eventually right. defeating Ozzy. Right. But it, it's she's not like a Suzu spot where she just signed, but she's been around. She yeah, had, she wasn't around. She's pretty much a new wrestler in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it, it takes time. You're building up someone new, and that's just not you know. Japan doesn't do it often, except for Okada and Yodosuji, possibly. But uh, you know, uh, Star. I never, I never said if I thought Yodosuji was going to win. I do, by the way. <laughs> I yeah. do think he's going to win. I think. I, I, think, I don't know why you book it unless he lo- unless he wins. <laughs> after after that, I don't know how he loses. I mean, unless he sucks, but I don't know. I mean, well, that's if, true. <laughs> if he wins, this is like a new level of Okada, and I. That's the other thing of like, oh, is. Is that what they're saying? Is like, you know, out of nowhere returning as a young lion and he's great? I mean, well, I guess we'll find out. I, mean, I, I hope he's out. good. <laughs> I hope he's good too. Has Stardom ever done has Stardom ever done that? Um I'm trying to recall. Of I have a new they didn't really have I mean, they kind of have like a young lioness program in a way, but they didn't really Tommy like, yeah. didn't win the world title, but she won five titles. That's true. And Mirai kind yeah. of as well. Kind yeah, of. so like Utami was the big rookie. It, she her debut match was in the five star Grand Prix, and she I forget if she beat or went to a time or a draw with Jungle Kiona, who at the time was one of their main stars. Yeah. Um. So like it's not it's not um usual, obviously. Like it's not something that they always do. But Utami, time limit she draw. was. That was actually before the five star, apparently. Right before the five star started, it was it was a stardom. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so she went to the final, I think, of the twenty eighteen. No, 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 she went to the yeah, she went to the finals of her first five star. Mm. Yes, she which did. was month like a month after she debuted. Um, so she won the uh goddesses of stardom titles, so the tag titles, SWA. And uh, Eve, yes, and Future, all at the same time. Like yeah. she had them all at the same time. She was walking around with four belts. So while it wasn't the world title, that's like the closest thing I could give you for comparison. Um, and obviously, it was a good decision in the end with Utami. I think she's uh, done pretty well. But yeah, I mean, uh, Yoda Suji as Stardom is sort of set up. Uh, they don't really have the opportunity to do like that sort of like drop off like that's the, probably yeah. the biggest they don't do the young lion thing yeah um so, not like know. someone's coming back yeah built they're they're just building them in-house exactly um then we we got a slew of tag team matches here i mean do we want to go one by one um obviously the i i thought all of these were sort of like oh you could sort of argue number one contenders and obviously with the oedo tie team of momo and Natsu, Natsuko Tora uh, challenging for the guys of Stardom titles as well yeah. and winning their match. Uh, that was sort of the number one contender match here. Um, yeah. Is there any of these matches that you really want to pick out and talk about? I think just the last tag match is the one we're talking about because it's Julia started... Micah versus Sayakamitani and Utami. Yeah, it's it has started a snowball effect in a lot of ways for both sides. Um, if, if you watch the post-match here, Micah kind of had a very distinct promo where she didn't seem all that happy and she dropped, she threw down the mic and left. It seems like DDM's kind of going down a more heelish route. If you pay attention to what my Sakurai is doing, of course, right? She's playing that heelish character where she's cutting promos on the fans 
and now Mike is kind of angry and just kind of like, let's, you know, with Hemeka gone, it feels like they're going down this whole, and, you know, Julia just lost the title, and I think it's the right direction to go down. Um, You know, I know a lot of people are Micah fans, but more vicious, more angry, like angrier Micah, I prefer that yeah, over, same. I prefer that over, like, what we've mostly seen out of her for the past year, and listen, it's okay to be silly, it's okay to be fun. But I think this will benefit her in the in the long run. And on the other side, we had a post match promo between Sai and Utami, where Sai talked about how she keeps losing and pretty much alluded to the reason being Utami. And Utami threw her ice pack at Saya. Saya shoved her and walked away. And it it feels like the start of the rebuild for Utami because Utami keeps losing. She lost here. Uh, she pretty much loses all the time all of a sudden, yes. right? She's been losing all the time, but now she's getting pinned in the losses, and I think that's a big deal. Um, so m- for me, for me, I've pitched this idea. Um, there was a once upon a time, you know, Jay and Mark Briscoe lost the Noah tag titles and the Ring of Honor tag titles, like, within the same week or something. Mm-hmm. This was way back in the 2000s. And they did an impromptu match against one another where they wanted to get all like they just wanted to wake each other up man up right we we got to we got to get back to it and they just beat the piss out of each other this, are you talking draw. about that random ass indie delaware match or no it was a match in uh the UK that they did oh yes 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 okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a match they absolutely killed each other and then right and then by the end they're both sitting there and they're just embracing cuz they, they they just yeah, they did. They had enough, and I think that's what they should do with Utami and Sai. I think people automatically assume it's like, oh, one of them's gonna leave Queen's Quest. Listen, if one of them que- leaves Queen's Quest, Queen Quest is dead. Okay, like <laughs> they true. they're done. That is true. If that happens, they don't. They don't. They can't. They can't uh, survive losing one of these two. Um, so I think you have them face off in a singles match, probably a flashing champions, rest to a fifteen minute draw. And then that's where you start the Utami buildup. Maybe Aphrodite wins the tag titles again for mm-hmm. the first time since really both of them got became great, as well as building up Utami to eventually win the five-star and beat Tam Nakano. I think that's the direction. I think Utami should be the one beating Tam. And this feels like the start of that. And I like that there's a story happening to get there rather than just yes. being like, oh, yeah, she won the five-star. She's fine. Yeah, and I, and that was also like something came out. Uh, I think it was in the Observer. I assume it was in the Observer about uh, like the Tam decision being like a Rossi decision. Well, yeah, people Which, that question that's insane. I mean, yeah. how have we not figured out that it's always a Rossi decision? I thought that was very obvious. Um, but the but the idea of like something that I've been talking about a lot uh, and how I was getting frustrated with the stardom booking is that. It started becoming way too predictable. I made mm-hmm. a bit out of it how like the past couple of years is basically you just win the five star and then you win the title and that's it. And yeah. that there was it, I felt like there was no direction really. Right. Uh, and it feels like after this show, we have lots of direction after yeah. the last show and this show, we have uh, a lot of new new stuff happening, a lot more direction in stardom. Uh, and I think that sets them up nicely. Uh, they needed, I think, desperately needed something new to happen. And something new is finally happening. We got some some character changes, some title switches all over the place. 
Um, I think we're finally able to get somewhere interesting. And I think we'll have an interesting summer of stardom, especially with the five-star around the corner. Um, I think we'll definitely have an interesting summer. They're they're notably preparing a lot of people. I think if you pay yes. attention, like, and I and I I said and I held true to this. Once All Star Grand Queendom happened, everything would change. They would have a whole new direction for pretty much everybody. Um, like you you can you can notice this if you just pay enough attention. Uh, they gave a new gear to Hanan. They gave Hanan a new theme song as well. Now yep. they're pairing pairing her with Mayu. Yep, she's getting now elevated. You have um, you have Sayori new who's kind of coming in now and really starting to show what she's all about. I thought I thought this match that she had on the show. This is me talking about it. It was like a highlight match for her. Tam was literally in there just to be Tam. Like <laughs> she didn't do anything. Um, they signed it was Suzu, They signed Suzu Suzuki right. as a as right. a new blood into this company. Yeah, so as as I talked about last week, and you know, Dave confirmed this week, Suzu signed. Obviously, she'll be exclusive. Uh, May Sarah's obviously signed an exclusive. I feel like that didn't need to be reported, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, and they they brought in new blood, like you said. Um, no pun intended. Of course, that's one of their shows to really give them a core roster to work with. Now they don't have to bring as many outsiders in, like they did on purpose for grand queendom. Now you have this unbelievable young core. Yeah. Plus the main eventers to just bring you on to the future. And I think that's the exciting part. That's why Tam winning now had to happen because we have so many people that are ready to be there that are so much younger than her. Yeah. Do it now. Get this, you know, because like, like you and me talked about, it was now never for her anyways. Um, and it's exciting because, and you know, you have a direction for Micah clearly with this new, more heelish determined, you have a direction for Tommy, you have a direction for Saya who just lost the title. Um, it's very, and this, this isn't like a stardom problem. This is a problem that, you know, you and me have talked about for AEW and stuff like that. This is just a more directions for your wrestlers is a good thing. Yes, it makes it every show more interesting, and it'll be fun to see. But I hope that's where they're going with Utami and Saya overall, because I think that's Utami. Utami is so much better now than she was when she was champion, and I've said this time and time again. She like she's improved every part of her game to the point where she's one of the very best. And I think I don't think people understand like how great a range she'll have, and it'll absolutely. Um, destroy the previous range she had in terms of overall um, greatness, right? You, everyone looks at the Shuryu Tommy match. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Yes, but if you look at the rest of the reign, it wasn't as great as I think the next Utami reign can and will be. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. And that was mostly, that was all my starts, uh, all my thoughts from the Stardom show. I thought I'd put it all together in one little bag and send it over and call it a day. No, it was perfect. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad because, you know, we've talked about it, like how it felt like Saya was, Otami was waiting on Saya, and then at a certain yeah. point, Saya was waiting on Mina to come back. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're waiting, we're just started like waiting for a lot of stuff and a lot of different like divisions. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad that we were finally able to get out of that and finally move forward. And like I said, I, I really hope that we have a good year. I'm excited to see because new direction is always good and, and new chances on new people are always good. So, you know, every company needs to do that every once in a while to uh, stay fresh. And 
you know, and some companies decide I would rather have a thousand year, thousand day long reign. And, you know, that's that's some companies. But other companies are like, hey, if this isn't if this is starting to become stale, let's uh, let's uh, do something else with it. So uh, I'm glad yeah. Stardom is choosing Every, the latter. And I think that's the interesting thing about wrestling as a whole. And maybe we can have this discussion another day, obviously, when we have time. But there's a lot of like different mindsets going on for the top companies in wrestling these days in terms of how you handle your champions and whatnot. And I think that's interesting. Um, right. You have the thousand day reign yep. in one, you have the, and I quote reign of terror in the other, um, you have kind of this shock and awe one. You have whatever the fuck you want to call Jake Lee's, <laughs> um, you, you know, and you have, you have something different going on. You have Yuji Nagata, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Yuji Nagata uh, for some reason yeah, yeah so uh, everyone's taking a very different I feel like every company of not of notability is doing something vastly different with their world type yeah I think I, I was listening to somewhere I forget what, which podcast it was but they were talking about how like if you woke up out of a coma from 10 years ago and you were told that the world champions were Yuji Nagata Sonata and Jake Lee <laughs> but not for the companies you think uh that would just be a, a a shocking result but let's talk about noah a little bit to close out here um we don't have a lot of time left so we'll just quickly go through some thoughts here we, <laughs> we're not even gonna talk about backlash that's <laughs> that do we do talk about noah or do we talk about backlash i think what do you what uh do you my think? only thought about noah is that i'm happy that shizaki and nakajima are back together yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited for that. Let's just do quick thoughts on Noah then. I'm excited for Hideki that. Uh, I thought that was probably the best Hideki Suzuki match I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dr. Wagner Jr. is fucking great. He, He's he, is, so he has come into his own, and it, it, the audience is with him as well, and it's just He's so good. He's a megastar for that. Uh, I, was, I was watching that match. I was like, they put the world title on him i wouldn't blink twice i'd be like hell yeah they he got he got i mean i know obviously hizeki suzuki like lost the match so that he could possibly probably beat uh what's his face um uh blood sport man oh uh, yeah, yeah what's his name not johnny blonde sport barnett uh, Yes, 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 yes. Josh Barnett. Yeah. Josh Barnett. Uh, you know, he probably lost just so that he can do the face-off and eventually beat Josh Barnett, and that's fine. But the my, my guy's bumping all over the place for Dr. Wagner. You know, my guy's... I've never seen Suzuki have this interesting of a match. No, and he also he's got a new look a little bit. He's shaping up the hair. He's going to grow out and shaping it up. He's got yep. slightly yeah. new gear, you know. He looked like he was in the best shape of his life, too. Like, he actually... Like, when he first came back to Noah, he just was like, whatever. Yeah. Now he, like... He's kind of chiseled out a bit, and I like the new look, even if it's not, like, drastic. Yeah, I'm I'm liking what we're doing over here with uh, this Hideki Suzuki man. Uh, and then, yeah, and then... Uh, I, I, thought, I, I thought this was my favorite show of the matches between Dentaku, Backlash and stardom show this was my favorite of all the matches i thought everything on here was like at least pretty good Uh, what's that i'm noah pilled well yeah yeah yeah. i'm trying to impress the i'm trying to impress the noah team and get that bounty um you know it it, i you know i thought that every match here was actually pretty good um i like even the drillistico ray scorpion one i thought that was pretty good lucha other than you know drillistico balance issues but 
the crowd was super into it. So I was like, it was like the backlash crowd. The crowd was super into it. So help me get into the match. Uh, and yeah. then Saxon Huckley is a tag team champion for some reason. Uh, I thought that's fine. Uh, but Timothy Thatcher looks good. I, I think Timothy Thatcher has been looking good recently. And My favorite part of this is you are refusing to talk about Jake Lee. <laughs> I just don't give a shit. I don't care about Jake Lee. Well, it was the main event. <laughs> it was. Hey, did you do you want to talk about Jake Lee? Do you I want to talk Marifuji, about this match? I thought Marafuji had one of the best performances in years of his career. Like he's, I can agree. He's not hit. That's that was my takeaway. I can agree. And with that. Jake Lee was there. Yes, I can. I can sadly agree with that. How old is Marafuji? Forty three years old. Forty three, but this guy couldn't be more banged up if he tried. No, that's that's fair. This, that's he fair. looks like he's like taped together sometimes. He probably is. Kind of like Tanahashi is. <laughs> That's accurate. They're both a little bit taped together these days. But I thought it, I thought it was a match that Jake Lee needed, and that was a good, pretty good match. Um, I feel like he needed he's needed a pretty good match for a while, and Goshizaki uh, should be him. Well, now that he's in a tag team, I don't really know. I agree. I think Goshizaki they should, should just be win him, all right? the titles. That would be great. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, 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 I don't want that because then Dr. Wagner Jr. would lose, and I don't want that. Well, not that title, not that title. Dr. Wagner Jr. has got to stay that champion. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Wagner Jr. is the man. Between Axes and and, and Dr. Wagner Jr., we're cooking. Now, how, now I'll do this. I'll have, you know, Goshizaki beat Jake Lee, and if Dr. Wagner Jr. Would, and, and have Axis win the tag titles, right, I'll allow Nakajima to beat Dr. Wagner Jr., if it means that they will defend the tag team titles against El Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. and his brother, Galino Del Mal. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is something I will do. That we'll actually get, instead of Galeno Del Mal, we'll actually get uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. in flash. <laughs> Great. And we'll be like, God damn it. Uh, not what I wanted, but sure, I guess this is fine. Um yeah, no. Uh, I thought this was a pretty good show. Uh, do it was we wanna, a good show, yeah. Do we want to talk about Backlash? We're out of time. It's two hours. We can blaze through it really very quick, I think. All blaze right. Backlash. Let's just I don't have as, I don't have that many thoughts. So Yeah, overall thoughts. Anything that you really stood up to you? I thought crowd the crowd fucking rocked. <laughs> crowd freaking rocked. They were there for every single match. Um, yeah. they were fantastic. I tweeted out that I think the crowd added half a star to every single match. Pretty much. Yep. I thought for me, I think it might be the same for you. Eh, maybe I thought for me, the match of the night was the opening match, Bianca Belair versus EO sky, uh, for the wall women's title. I thought that was the match of the night for the crowd. That was obviously the best pro wrestling match. Correct. For the most, the best sports entertainment match is hundred percent. The bad bunny Damien priest match. Uh, yeah, baby. That was just that a, was insane. That was just a Puerto Rican love fest. That match. That was like a fever dream. Like <laughs> from from the Bad Bunny entrance to the very end, I was like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, I feel like I'm at a big Bad Bunny concert, but he's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's ultimately what it was. I mean, like I said, Puerto Rican love fest. You know, you got Salvio Vega, the the biggest Puerto Rican wrestling star in WWE. You got Carlito. Who isn't the biggest Puerto Rican star? And uh, that was a real pop, though, baby. No, yeah, he's not the he's not the biggest, you know, Puerto Rican star in uh, in WWE, but he is probably like he is of the Cologne family, of the biggest Puerto Rican fam- wrestling family yeah. in the world. So that was like a local legend celebrity sighting uh, of with Carlito. 
Uh, and he's jacked as all hell, so you know I'm loving and loving that. I, I'm looking at Carlito, right? I'm like, why? Why is this guy not here? I don't know. I don't know why why why, why we're not doing anything with Carlito. I, why I, is no one doing anything with Carlito? I don't know. Like, let's. See. I was like, we we all these companies bring in these shitty old WWE wrestlers all the time. Looking at you, Impact, and I can't get Carlito. On television somewhere, he he was um uh, uh he is forty four years old, so I get that oh, part. It doesn't he is, matter. Yeah, no, he doesn't. People are people are giving uh Dango a job still. That's true. That is true. Uh, he's still working. He was in AAA, and that was for like a spot. The crazy part is he's never stopped working. No, he's constantly working. Like he I'm just, looking, I'm looking at his matches right now. I mean, he's also he's he's in Canada, he's in Puerto Rico, he's in Mexico, just, he's in California, Nevada, Michigan for some reason. Against it Malice, make sense hold on. To me. Against like, Malice, Impact's Malice. I gotta look this up. No, not Impact's Malice. Get out of here. Get he doesn't wrestle in the country much, huh? No, he well he did California, Connecticut, Florida. He's got some spots. Australia. I mean, just over the years. I yeah. Say. No, no, no. That's interesting. No. Um. So, uh. What? Else? Any other thing? Back. Else? Backlash. He wrestled in Rev Pro. Once upon a time. And, uh, no, that's good. I'm done I, with the backlash. I'm I think done. the Zelina Vega match was huge for the crowd, but I thought it was the worst match. Uh, because I talk- thought it was the perfectly executed match, and that she should have got crushed, and she did. Oh. Yes, she got crushed, but I think the the one the thing I'm talking about is like like we talked about the Hiromu stuff of like it lives and dies on the the one pinfall by the person that we yeah. obviously not going to win. Vega did not achieve that, and the match no. stunk because of it because it lived and died on that idea. Other than that, it's Ripley destroying her. Obviously, there's going to get that hope pinfall spot to Vega, but the hope pinfall spot did not land. So it was just Rhea Ripley destroying her. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. The Puerto Rican crowd loved it, so that's fine. I to, guess. Me, to me, the main problem was that I don't know what Selena Vegas' finisher is. That's also true. When she hit it, I was like, wait, is this the finish? <laughs> is this her finish? I didn't, I, I didn't even know that was like... I, I don't know. I didn't know what her finisher was. So I was like, how am I supposed to have any connection to this if I have no idea yeah. what I'm looking Especially for? Especially in know? this company when it's like finishers are all that like matter. Yeah, so that was. I think that's the main problem for her. It's like, oh, I they never really established what move I should be looking out for, mm-hmm. and here we are, right? And I'm watching this, and whatever. Um, I didn't like the uh, triple threat at all. So the the U.S. I, Austin triple Theory threat. couldn't be more boring. I liked it because uh, Bronson Reed. Uh, Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley stayed in the ring the entire time and just had a wrestling match, and then Austin Theory would pop in every once in a while. That's pretty and, much. And also, it was six minutes. It was also the shortest match on the show, and I was like, "Yeah, triple threats being short—that's how they should be." Um, peacock for a Peacock show, this flew. No, this flew. I think they because typically Three they have hours. like five or six matches, and they had like seven here, so it was like, "Oh yeah. man, we're moving." Um, Thank God. In the commercials, they they changed it so. Now, when they do the Peacock commercials, they just show the match videos. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's almost like you should have been doing that this whole time. Instead yeah. of showing the match video seven different times. Agreed. 
I was also very confused about they were having a double main event and then the of so yeah. there's the main event and then the other match was third from the top. Yeah. Don't double main events happening back to back. Don't isn't that what typically happens? Um yeah. I, I I wish the Bad Bunny match was at the end. I wish that was the last match. The Cody Rhodes Brock match I liked. I loved the blood, the shoot blood spot. I thought that and then was it ended the way it ended. I did not like the way it ended. Uh, the banana peel finish. Well, because like it's also like you know you got Cody attacking Brock before the bell, beating him up with weapons, and then getting like a banana peel finish and running out there and looking proud. I guess I don't know what really yeah. described the emotion afterwards on Cody. Um, I don't know. And then like saying, "Oh yeah, he's gonna finish the story." What story? I don't. I, you know, he's entering the the title tournament. We all presume he's he's beating Roman. I think That's he should too, but it's like no, right. He's still beating Roman. Like it's gonna happen at some point. I I agree. I think he the story for him is to beat Roman. But right now, you can't tell me to finish the story when right, there is if he's not if he's by WWE metrics not legally allowed to yeah. wrestle. There is Roman. seemingly no path for him to achieve that story. So yeah. you can't tell me he is trying to finish the story because as the audience oh. believes. The story's over. The story ended at WrestleMania, and now he's doing something else. And we have this new title yeah. we believe is going after that because he's on yeah, the same so, brand as the title, quote-unquote. Yeah, so the way I would book it and the way I think they'll book it is they'll probably run him and Brock back at Saudi in a simulation match. Maybe as the final? Yeah, well, they should. And then he wins Money in the Bank, calls his shot at SummerSlam. That's, like, the only way you can make it make sense because he's on the other brand. So maybe just have Brock cost him the world heavyweight title tournament, right? That's always a possibility. How do you, because there's no understandable way to and keep him out of the world heavyweight championship tournament. The finals at Saudi and then Brock wins the title, which would also make sense for like the UFC merger oh, stuff. Oh, please don't have Brock win the title. No, it, well, no, it makes, I, I've been saying this. I've been thinking no, about this. And Brock won't win the title it. because he's not going to wrestle on Raw or SmackDown. No, neither is Roman. It doesn't matter. Uh, but that's not the point. But that, there's a tournament to get there. They already, oh, they already told me Brock can't get to the turn to the final. Uh, I see what you're saying. Well, he can, he can work Raw or SmackDown, right? He's never wrestled on Raw. The one match he's had on SmackDown or Raw since coming back in 2012 was a seven minute squash against Kofi Kingston. I don't think he will be wrestling on SmackDown or Raw this week. I feel like he might. I feel like he might. I think. I think it's going to be Seth and like Solo Sokoa for this title. And then Cody and Bobby. Well, tri- they're, they're triple threat Cody matches. And, triple Cody three. and Brock in a stipulation match and the feud because the feud's not really finished, but they wanted Cody to win because if Cody lost, he would have just looked more like a nerd. Because how, how do you give. I don't know. It's stupid. It's all stupid. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Do you think do you think SP is having the same sort of conversation on his podcast? I mean the world heavyweight title awoke woke something in him that I don't think I was ready for. <laughs> that was like a five minute rant. It was a five minute rant and I just was like I was I was I was locked in. I was like, oh my god. Well he was making obviously great points. Yeah. But I was like He's had this built up, and yes. he didn't save this for his own show. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> There's no way you do that that exact rant twice. You can't. 
Trust me, I've tried, folks. It can't. Well, uh, any other thoughts on Backlash before we head out of no. here? Okay, no, no. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun show. I agree. Easy watch, which is nice to say about a WWE pay-per-view. Yeah, Go and it was the fact that it was flying by. They added another match to have less commercials and whatnot. I really appreciate it because I think it was like WrestleMania or Elimination Chamber where I was really talk, came on here and was like, yeah, I was watching like two or three matches in between WWE pay-per-view matches. And <laughs> the fact that it was like 10 minutes like yeah. 11 minutes between instead of like I saw 20. you do the over under thing about uh how yeah. long until the next match and they every, beat you every match was under 20 every match was like roughly like 10 minutes between it so i would still be no, I, I think still, that's okay i was i was catching up on rampage in between all these pay-per-view matches <laughs> i oh, watched i watched three rampages in between all of this stuff does, does anyone want my hot take on rampage What's since i'll never say it anywhere else sure the 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 hardy compound stuff hasn't been good since tna no well, that's not a hot take. I think people agree with you about that. I don't know. Some people still love seeing it. SP liked, uh, SP liked it a lot. Well, I, he loves Stokely Hathaway. I mean, he, Stokely <laughs> what's not? So, <laughs> Rebby Hardy comes in speaking Spanish. He goes, <laughs> I really loved uh, the Isaiah Cassidy bit. Not the one where he's like he on top of the moaning? thing. No, not the moaning. Oh, not thank the moaning. God. Uh, it was after the moan. He does the swanton bomb off the top. Uh, and then Matt Hardy says, uh, like Isaiah Cassidy, I, I, would, I, I, I knew you'd come. Uh, uh-huh. and, I, and then Isaiah Cassidy says, always do my brother. <laughs> I, just, I popped it that one. I was, brother Zay. Brother. What they call him? But I think this was brother Zay. I knew you'd come always do my brother. <laughs> and I just thought that was, <laughs> that was fantastic. That was good. That was good. Um, but yeah, no, those two bits. Uh, Let's just, let me just tell you, I didn't watch the extended version. <laughs> I, I only watched the extended version. I watched the rampage cut. I was like, okay, uh, I watched fine. the rampage watch- cut because it got me through it faster. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, they did picture in picture for that match. <laughs> Why would you do picture in picture for that? Why would you do picture in picture? That doesn't make any sense. I would have been just like, all right, just cut to commercial. Just cut to commercial. Why are you doing that? Ah, oh, Jesus. Ah, um, jeez. Oh, let's end this goddamn show. Um, well, we obviously think again, SP three for coming on to the show. Uh, fantastic guest. hundred percent. We should have him on again at some time. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at true heel. SP three true heat. God damn it. I keep forgetting. No, 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 no. You were right. It's true. Heel. True. Heel. SP three is he's at true heel. SP three. Yes. Uh, T R U no E true heel. SP three on Twitter. And he has the true heel heat podcast uh along with a bunch of other stuff that he does uh as he plugs again we thank him for that and give him a little plug ski again uh scotty uh where can people find you what's the what do you got to plug uh follow me at scott e wrestling on twitter um and uh you know check out the stardom road episode from this week we talked on Kamara part one yes fun Yes, and good um, and good, uh, good, uh, lot of, lot of downloads already. You know, good, good show out for that match. Uh, for yeah, that, and I think the stuff. second one will have more because it's about her most popular period, which was, of course, uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad. So excited for that. So definitely check that out. And my match of the week out of everything we didn't talk about mm-hmm. was Yuji Okabayashi versus Yuya Aoki from fucking Big Japan. Whoa, baby! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a, we got a, we got a deep cut. 
we got a we got a deep cut. You'll see this match pop up uh decently high, I think, on a lot of people's lists um for match of the year. I saw yeah. I saw a good amount of people talking about it. I think it. I saw you I think I saw like Andrew Rich tweeted about it yep. or something. Yep. Is it I, I feel like I gotta watch it after those two wrecks. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't I didn't really know enough about you. I okay, I watched like one or two um one or two matches they had building up to this match, just so I had an idea of what but I had someone explain to me like how he's there he's the young guy, he was trained by Okabayashi and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I have enough understanding now. So uh, it was it was excellent and hard hitting, big time Puro main event well, from good. Big Japan, which I <laughs> was not ready for. I've watched some Big Japan. Big Japan has some good stuff, but this was exceptional. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. Um, my big match Japan. of the week is going to shock you, possibly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to try to guess it. Well, you're never going to be able to guess this it. week. No. Oh Jesus Christ! Never gonna guess it. Never gonna guess it. <laughs> Is it for MLW? No. Damn it! <laughs> no, it was not the the battle royale thing gimmick, whatever they do, battle, battle riot. riot or whatever the other matches. The worst doing. match ever. Yeah, apparently it's bad. I haven't seen it, but uh, apparently they're all bad. bad. Uh, this is gonna shock you. It's from Impact, or rather Ooh. TNA. Oh. Or rather NWA TNA. Oh, <laughs> I I'm doing uh I'm listening along to that uh that uh the VOW Impact podcast. I'm, ca- I'm yeah. watching the Impact shows. Yeah, so this wreck is coming from NWA Total Nonstop Action episode two, the second episode ever, which is really a pay per view from June 26. Happy birthday to me, 2002. This was. AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn versus Low Key versus Psychosis for the first ever NWA TNA X Division title. And I gave it four and three quarter stars. Wow. It's good. It's a it's all it's a great match. What it is a great match. Yeah. Uh was not expecting it, but it was like hundred percent watching that those first two episodes, it's like well, hot damn! This is what the this is what TNA has to be is this exhibition stuff. I love like when you're when you watch old matches, they are the most random thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. You like I forget what you talked about last time, but I'm pretty sure it had like fucking Magnum TA in it. <laughs> I, I think I put like that one point. It was like Magnum TA versus I don't know if it was Tully? Magnum. Was Tully. It was like Tully. It was like a steel cage match. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said that, that like once ago, was your match of the week. I vividly remember that. I was like, what? And now we got TNA, NWA TNA, second, uh, first ever X Division champion match, which I think is grand. I plugged at one big. point Starcade 85, Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard in a NWA US title, I quit and steel cage match. What, Incredible. Four stars on that. Incredible! I need I need more of the just matches out of nowhere like that. I did have That's one great. recently. I didn't plug it. I think I would have done it last week, maybe. Uh, Ric Flair versus Kerry Von Erich, NWA World Heavyweight Title. This is in uh, 1982 at the WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling Christmas Star Wars show. I went four on it. That was good. That was pretty good. 
Uh, yeah, I watch. I, I've been watching. Uh, I've been trying to watch a lot of uh, older stuff, and I've been you know trying to watch like Impact stuff. So uh, I'm I'm like I've watched the first seven shows from Impact, which were all pay per views technically. Um, mm. I think at this point. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to trying to watch as much stuff as possible and catch up on the older stuff that I have less of a knowledge about to make myself a more uh, overall wrestling appreciator, I guess. I don't know. Fan? Appreciator. That's not, maybe Fan. I, I don't know what it is. Anyways, um, plug skis. Uh, at Ryan Knights, that's where you can follow me on Twitter. At Scott E. Wrestling is where you can follow Scotty. At Count Out Pod is where you can follow the whole gimmick. We got a whole NAS network here for Count Out. Uh, we have great shows like Stardom Road, as Scotty already mentioned. Like Okada Shorts. Uh, our new japan podcast you want to hear them talk about um dontaku at some point and the rise of yoda suge big suge the the surge the surge the suge surge no that's nothing um other shows how to talk to your friend about wrestling uh is another great podcast you were just with death and ring post radio that's us um uh anything else patreon patreon.com forward slash count out pod we got a lot of great stuff coming the way i just recorded a new series of shows i'm working on um i recorded the first episode of that so that will come out at some point scotty and i have recorded more episodes ryan hasn't seen anything but we're going to record more of that at some point soon i feel like we said we we're going to record something last week and we didn't do that now that i think about it uh but that's fine but we're going to record uh some more stuff soon and start getting that stuff out uh at some point so i think i mentioned this i think last week may we're gonna have a lot of stuff on the patreon so patreon.com forward slash count pod uh that's where you're gonna get all that bonus content so go check that out you can get it all for five bucks and the whole first all season five bucks. All five bucks baby so uh until then and also by the way we're gonna have we're, we're, set, we're setting up interviews folks so uh if you're not subscribed to the podcast specific feed obviously these interviews aren't gonna be live streamed so if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed of ring post radio apple podcast itunes spotify google play wherever Make sure you subscribe, folks, because we got some interviews yeah. coming down the pipeline. So uh, we have nothing to talk about next week. It's gonna be great. Next week, nothing to talk about. Uh, we're still gonna be here for two hours talking about our feelings. It's gonna be a therapy session. Uh, I actually <laughs> instead, it's gonna be Scotty's sleep. Uh, he's gonna finally get his sleep in next. I week. don't have a, yeah. I don't have any reason to stay up for the next couple of weeks. This is great. There's it, nothing. It, this nothing on. It, I, I believe next week is the beginning of Best of Super Juniors. Yeah, but like. After that, we were talking about like, oh yeah, that was good. West Coast Pro <laughs> has their Queen of the Indies show. That's something. That next weekend. That's uh yeah Saturday. That's the Saturday. I thought that was in. I thought that was in June. So. <laughs> mm, I don't think. I think it's in May. I think it's this Saturday. I have it written down here. It's this Saturday. It is. You were right. Aha! Right, I'm a genius. There's, there's, that means there might be something worth talking about until I can't watch it because the uh, IWTV doesn't keep it up. Damn. But yeah, it'd be great. I, there's, there's never a chance I watch things live. But all right, never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, until then, we'll see you all next week. Maybe there'll be big news. Who the heck knows? Uh, maybe somebody be sold to another company. Who the heck When's, knows? Uh, nope, 10 days. Never mind. No, but you know what? We'll probably be talking about AEW Dynamite next week and our rare uh, talking about Dynamite. A bit of uh, Dynamite. We'll just talk about one match. I already know it. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Garcia. I totally agree. Uh, until next week, we'll see everybody then. Goodbye, everybody.
Hi guys, this is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is Your Dose of Death Podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Count Out Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. See you at the show. This has been a Countout Podcast.